Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who who do I have with me here? Paranoid Coder, of course. How's it going, man? Yeah, it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. How's it going for you? It's good. Excited for Mod Chat. Uh, same here. Same here. We have a lot of topics we're going to cover, but some of them we might just like touch up on briefly here, but it's still a good amount of stuff, and obviously from the title here, it's... Is this going to be another Switch episode? Yeah. It might be Nintendo chat okay. once again, but it's okay. This is getting better and better. Things aren't slowing down. It is. We it didn't is. suspect they would, but it's... I don't know. Honestly, these things are flying out faster than I can keep up with right now. So we're going to do our best to cover some of the big highlights. But uh, if there's gaps and stuff, apologies. And feel free to like let us know if you guys have insights. Absolutely. If you're in the live audience, which we, we appreciate you, we love you, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, no, I was actually going to say, so I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like... This is how our process is. Maybe about a week or so before the show, we start up a document and we start compiling all of our thoughts and like all the topics we're going to do. And the past few episodes, we are still adding things just hours before the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not last minute stuff, but it's like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. Like yeah. stuff is still happening as we're talking. Pretty sure the last topic was added this morning. Uh, or- I think I added stuff this afternoon. Wow. Yeah, I was yeah. adding stuff as of like a few hours ago. So. Yeah, so it's good. I mean, it's all good things. It's all worth it. And like you said, we're not slacking over here. It's just that stuff is just flying out. No one is operating around mod chat time. It's just coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true that, true that, yeah. All right, so with that, you want to go ahead and get into the first topic here? Yeah, you want me to kick it off? Sure. So, uh, I don't know. I think we might have even talked about it like the last couple episodes, but Yuzu, a emulator for the Switch um, that's actually designed for Switch games, has gotten a little bit better compatibility. True that. So it looks like we have two new games that they're really kind of touting and showing off on their Twitter, at least publicly, that uh, should have you know good performance, low, little bugs, little to none. Um, and those two games are Splatoon 2 and Super Mario Odyssey, which I got to say... If I were to pick a couple games, those are pretty high up there. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, Yuzu is, it says it's booting Super Mario Odyssey. And then in regards to uh, Splatoon, it's saying, who needs one Switch MU running Splatoon 2 when you can have two? Check it out in latest Yuzu Nightlies for all your public, well, Phalic needs. No, not public. Yeah. Damn, I'm still okay. not really sure what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know any, if anyone can encrypt or decrypt that for us. But uh, no, I was, I was going to say, so even in that, it seems like they are... They're not throwing shade by any means. No, they're making a friendly gesture. But there is a second emulator out there for the oh, Switch. Oh, look and at the I look at the GIF. Let's see. Oh my god! <laughs> I think we just figured out something on air, guys. Um, anyways, squids or penises <laughs> <laughs> in the loading screen. Apparently, amazing. Uh, this reminds me of like the hidden messages in Disney movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did yeah. their own. It's okay. You know, I tried to show. I actually showed my parents the uh, the scene in The Lion King from the original VHS tape where it yeah. says "sex" and yeah. the stars. Like it literally says the word "sex" in there. I mean, and it's it's pretty outlined. But... It's pretty outlined. And my parents were looking at it. They're like, "No, it doesn't." I'm like, "Yes, it does. Look, there's the S, there's the E, there's the X." And they're like, "No, no, it doesn't." Yeah. I'm like, "You keep believing that right. uh-huh. denial." <laughs> but interesting. Phallic aside, um, you know, I haven't tried these out myself, uh, but it sounds like they're running pretty well. At least Splatoon 2 is Super Mario Odyssey's booting. So, um, you know, if you guys have tried these out, definitely let us know. Have you given an attempt yet? The emulator? Oh, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have been like approaching this one with uh, sitting back, waiting for it to develop and really getting into it when maybe, uh, you know, it's a lot more fleshed out and a lot more compatible with games. So I haven't given this a try myself. 
Um, but it's pretty neat, and I love to see the progress. Mm-hmm. Same here. No, I'm I'm excited to see this all come out. I don't know if that um, we don't have if anybody in the chat knows the name of that second um, that second emulator. That'd be great. And by the way, uh, one person vaped the ways he's saying, "Yeah, it says SFX. It does not." That is not an F. That is an E. (laughs) (laughs) It caused enough controversy where in subsequent uh, VHS and all the DVD and digital releases and stuff, they they took that out right there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame them. I wouldn't blame them either. Yeah, this second option, which uh, the second topic here, which uh, do you want to take it or should I kind of take it here? Uh, Why don't you go ahead and I'll fill in some gaps where where I know. Sure, Because it's pretty complicated thing going on it's just a little bit complicated yeah and this is one of the highlights that we decide to talk about here uh so let me go ahead and share this again this will be on our good friends over at gba temp so this is how to install or run any switch firmware unofficially without burning any fuses so right if you're all familiar with the switch architecture or you've been a loyal mod chat listener or maybe you just caught this other episode we had discussed the e-fuses at length now an e-fuse is just it's essentially a throw switch that's in a cpu it's a technology where it's either a zero or one value and what a lot of companies do microsoft did this with the xbox 360 um samsung has done this with many of their smartphones if not like pretty much even until now, their new smartphones. I don't know about that 100% because I haven't tracked on there, but the Switch does this as well too. Essentially, a company can choose when they have e-fuses, whenever a upgrade happens or when specific upgrades happen to that device, a e-fuse will blow. And once that e-fuse blows, it means that the system, whatever has been upgraded, cannot be downgraded. And even if you force a lower firmware onto it, it will panic, meaning that that device can never run that firmware again so it wouldn't seem like this is as useful because you might be thinking okay well what if you have a fully updated switch like all the e-fuses are going to be burned not all of them of course but several are going to be burned enough where you cannot downgrade you can downgrade all the way to firmware 1.0 with this the only caveat is as i understand it maybe you can clarify on this Devin. i'm not 100 percent sure but as i understand it here if you have blown e-fuses, you can still load on a older firmware onto your system, but you do have to uh, you do have to use the fuse jelly payload every single time. Yeah, I believe so. That's what I've read. Yeah, so you can never boot your system normally on that lower firmware. The other caveat seems to be if you update your system past version 4.0, then any firmware lower. So if you downgrade to 3.0 or 2.0, you cannot use the cartridge slot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the cartridge lot has some kind of firmware along with it or something like that. I believe that's been confirmed on uh, that, yeah. But yeah, that is true from what I've read. Um, again, this is not something that I've tried. Uh, oh, for me neither. <laughs> a couple of reasons. Thankfully, recently, I don't even know if I've talked about it on Mod Chat, uh, but I did get my hands on a second Switch that's running. And I'm so happy for yes, that. Devin yes. got a second Switch. I know, I know. Adding to the mod debt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, I actually did play around with it already, so I've got it up and running. Um well, we've got the jigs, so we've played around with that a bit. Um, but, you know, that's running 3.0. My regular switch is running 5.1, so I have no real need to downgrade. Maybe I give, maybe I'll downgrade the 3.0 to like 2.3 or like 1.0 just to mm-hmm. try it. Maybe I'll do that if I get some spare time. The cool but. thing is, you can now downgrade low enough where you can use the, um, uh, it's not flog, flog, that's it. Right. You can play flog. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard there was a tutorial out there on how to get that up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However, 
I would personally still like to wait for this process to be a little bit more simplified. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you want me to go ahead and take it from here? Uh, yeah, right before you say that, just big shout out to Spy G Andromeda who said Ryuji NX is the second emulator. Mm. Yeah, so actually modern our, our good friend Modern Vintage Gamer has actually been using Ryuji NX for his emulation stuff. Very nice. And not well not only that, but also well, of course emulation, but for his homebrew development and he said it's pretty good. And Very I nice. believe they had sound working as well too, so I can't remember. Does Yuzu not have sound working? It right might now? have sound now, but I think at one point it didn't have sound, so mm. that was a big thing that was on there, which was nice. Yeah, one of these days I'll have to really uh, test out these emulators and see what they're capable of. Absolutely. Anyways, I'll go ahead and give it over to you, and yeah. I'm going through this, so I'm showing the actual tutorial on the uh, uh, on screen here. Absolutely. So, um, really, this is not an all-in-one solution here, just to make that clear. Not at all. Um, obviously, there's the caveats with having to boot into RCM every time to uh, be able to boot your firmware if you downgrade um, past a certain point. And on top of that, to just accomplish this, there is quite a few steps using a collection of tools. And first of all, um, I've kind of looked through some of these tools. I hadn't even heard of a couple of them. Oh, yeah, a lot uh, of them are new. Yeah. New, new. Uh, and, and it really... Uh, really made me happy to see so many different tools providing different solutions you know what i mean it's, it really shows the uh maturity of the scene already and i'm sure these will be collected in some form or fashion to make an easier solution as time goes on mm -hmm. but essentially you're in need uh a windows pc capable of sending rcm payloads whether that's through like a fuse jelly web app um, a python script a tegra rcm smash uh which i believe is one of those tools um any of those will work. You just need a PC that's capable of doing that. Um, you need the latest release of Hack Disk Mount, Memloader, BizKey Dump, and oof, Choi, Choi Du Jour. Choi Du Jour. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Um, so variety of tools all do different things. I don't know if we should go into each one of these in length. In fact, I, I don't think I'd be... Uh, have the authority to go to each of these. Oh, links. same. No, no, no. So, this is, this um, is going to be this is not a tutorial, man. This right, is an overview. <laughs> right. So this just kind of proves like uh, we're dealing with quite a few different things here. Uh, so it doesn't seem like you have to be an expert in all of them. All of the actual execution seems to be uh, pretty easy, but you are dealing with a lot of tools. Um, luckily, in this tutorial, they make it very obvious in bold letters um, what to do most of the time. That's true. And yeah, we like, start out with the bold letters of back up your stuff exactly back up everything exactly um so that's really good we it seems like we can back up pretty much everything we need from the internal memory uh, most of the stuff that i don't even really know in detail what it is so you're backing up your raw nan your boot zero your boot one your biz keys um i'm sure much of this is unique to your device so it's stuff that you really want to keep oh, around yeah. and backed up um and yeah essentially you kind of just piece by piece move over a lot of your firmware so once you obtain your firmware that you want to get to you just kind of like you use some tools to break it down into mm -hmm. actual installable titles essentially and uh i, I was going to say it looks very similar to remember when we had to downgrade our 3ds's and yes. to do that you had to get a entire dump of a firmware and mm -hmm. then you would have to flash it onto the 3ds piece by piece yep it seems like it's that same thing because you have to obtain a update somehow and then really just going through the rest of this you kind of it looks like you sign it to your system and then you flash it piece by piece onto mm -hmm. the system yep and it's even i mean uh, there was part of it that seemed nerve-wracking for me and i'm not even doing this and i believe it's where you have to like delete your entire internal memory 
Like mm-hmm. you're not copying this over or you're not, you know, overlapping, merging files and folders and overwriting. It's like completely wipe your system for a little bit. Correct. And yeah. then move these files over. So, I mean, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Oh, not at all. It seems like this would take quite a while. So this is really for enthusiasts and such. Mm-hmm. And if you're a researcher where you're looking for something on a lower firmware or you just want to mess around, whatever it might be, as you said, it's not for the faint of heart at all. Right. And huge shout to the creator of this guide who is, let's see, Raj Costo, I believe that's how I say that, Raj Costo. Raj Costo. Raj Costo, let's go with that. Either way, though, no, it requires some, uh, it looks like it requires some Linux stuff as well, too, doesn't it? Uh, No, I don't believe so. I think all of the tools that they used were actually Windows applications. Interesting, okay. So, or at least are available on Windows. Okay, okay. Um, It's possible that they have uh, multiple... Uh, platform supported for these. I haven't really looked into it, but uh, we are doing them from the command line. So that's something that, you know, if you're not, if you're super worried about that, you know, it should be pretty easy to execute these, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be somewhat of a blocker for some people. Although if you're listening to this podcast and you're probably going to be a little bit more technical. Yeah. You might be able to handle it. Yeah. But yeah, just simple uh, command, uh, command prompt uh, commands where you just put in a couple flags, point to files on your system, like your, your backups, your dumps or whatever. But Choi de Jour, uh, Tegra RCM Smash, um, just about everything is on Windows. Okay. Yeah, um, no, and this is all in the Windows environment I'm seeing. It just mm-hmm. looked like there was some stuff that was more on the Linux side. Might have even misread that a little bit. But either way, no, it all looks solid here. So the main benefits are if you're upgrading, you can now upgrade you can now upgrade your firmwares without blowing e-fuses. Right, and which if is a down- total like side thing I missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can upgrade without blowing your e-fuses, but you can also downgrade and run like run lower firmwares even if your mm-hmm. e-fuses are blown with the only disadvantage being that you do have to jig it and boot in through RCM every single time if you're on that lower firmware. Right. But still, this this is possible. That's insane to me. Very like, early Even on. when I saw this, my, my first thought was this was not supposed to be possible. Yeah. Or this should not be possible. You know what kind of seems to be a reoccurring theme with this is that these people that are discovering this often are like, well done, Nintendo. You did a great job. Yeah. You, we, we, we really mean it. We're not being sarcastic, but we got past it. Yeah. But like, well done. You're really improving. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think even the other thing, too, is, I mean, we've talked about it on a previous episode before, but uh, when it came down to, like, Horizon OS, the actual OS that mm-hmm. uh, the Switch runs by stock. Uh, Which was based off the 3DS, I believe. Yeah. But all the people who have been reverse engineering and doing all this stuff, they're just like, we can't find any flaws in this OS. Like, yeah, we have fully compromised the hardware and Mm -hmm. the bootloader and all that stuff, but that's all NVIDIA's fault. Right. The actual OS, we haven't compromised anything on there. Like, we can't find flaws in this. Right. Um, So... Again, well done, Nintendo. Well but done. This is pretty sweet that we actually have this so early on. Yeah. And one thing that we kind of like brief, briefly brushed on uh, just a little bit ago was kind of like we weren't really sure of like you know with five point one and all these higher firmwares being exploited and everything like what's really going to be the benefit of being on a lower firmware and if we don't we don't really know now but we may see something come out and this may have like a really really good use right like it might be worth it to you know have to boot into RCM and go to like 3.0 if you have like a massive benefit maybe that maybe being able to do that can get you to a lower firmware where you can get the cold boot option whenever that's released mm-hmm. you know it, I can't say for sure we, you know we're gonna have to wait and see for when it comes out but this really opens up the doors for sure were you hearing Lily's noises? And yeah, you were, I yeah. Heard. We were Lily's hanging out by us, and 
<laughs> she was making some scary vomit sounds. So. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that word, but... No, I'll say it. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. One thing we did want to note here as well, too, which they, uh, the OP of that post, he did mention this at the top in big red letters, but this is specifically on here in regards to all of this. So yeah. we will talk about SXOS uh, pretty much at the end of our Switch Talk. Lily, could you not throw up on the podcast? Thanks. Uh, but here we go. PSA, SXOS will burn your fuses to whatever version OS you have booted. So if you upgraded your lower firmware switch through Rush Custos, they, they misspelled it there, method like me to preserve an early firmware switch, SXOS will ruin all that careful planning. And he says here, I have a 1.0 switch. I updated it to 5.1. No fuses burnt. But if I boot SXOS today, it will burn the fuses into a 5.1 state. There's a GBA temp thread about that for those interested. By the way, official switch updates are available at XBins for those wishing to upgrade to current firmware without burning fuses. Burn fuses with SXOS have been confirmed by Reshkosto and others. If you have done this and wish to check your state of fuses, grab BrickMe version 2 from his site. And they say here, no, it's because they don't patch out the fuse check burn from Nintendo Bootloader before they jump to it during boot. Hikate Fuse do not use Nintendo Bootloader at all. They rewrote it all. Mm-hmm. And then an update from Executor. We are aware of this burning fuses issue. Therefore, we have disabled fuse programming in the next version of SXOS. This update will be released when a few other important fixes and updates are ready. Please be patient. We are working hard to release this first update as soon as possible. Right. So this is pretty interesting. First of all, I don't know what disabled fuse programming means. I guess that means that that's they're not going to use... That's their own speak on that. Yeah, I guess that means they're not going to use Nintendo's bootloader and they're going to fork whatever. <laughs> if they're using Nintendo's bootloader, that's... Uh... Well, that's what they said. No, it's because... They re- no, 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 no. I was going to say, like, Fuse and the other, like, yeah, Fuse Jelly, they had mentioned on there. Let me even bring no, that it's, back up. No, I mean, it's right where you, you just you just said it just Well, they ago. said they, they rewrote the bootloader, but right. it's not Nintendo's bootloader. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right. So Switches, or uh, Team Executor is probably just going to fork that. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying that they were just going to use Nintendo's bootloader. No. I was like, they are not going to do that. No, 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 no. Well, I they're mean, just they, going to fork... They could. But... I think they're probably just going to fork <laughs> that, add it in. But yeah, I don't know. It was a very weird way of phrasing that. Yeah, we disabled uh, again, fuse programming. Well, again, just, that's the well. That's not technical speak. That is just average user speak. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> scammy speak for I'm gonna fork some code. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, either way, it's good to see them actually come out with a response pretty quickly, address this, and say that they're gonna not have that happen intentionally um, going forward. So we'll wait and see. Uh, I don't think people who, you know, get this and plan on using it on the same firmware they're already on, I don't think are at risk really because your fuses are probably already burnt at yeah. this point unless you use the method that we mentioned previously to upgrade. Uh, so I don't know if I'd be super worried about not using the SX if you're getting it if you don't plan on updating. But if you do plan on updating, I would hold off. Mm-hmm. So For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, should we continue on? Absolutely. All right. So recently we kind of got some insight onto what exactly Horizon, the OS for the Switch can see and what it can't see in terms of custom firmware and stuff like that. All this hackery that we're doing lately, uh, which is pretty interesting. I think it's pretty insightful. We don't often get a ton of that. Um, We do not. But uh, 
via CTC AER. I don't know how else to pronounce that guy's name. I was I always thought it was CTC Acer, but now I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, definitely not that. That's the CTC problem with Acer. Yeah, we're gonna have to make a game out of this. We do this like every CTC single month. A- hey, I think we know how to say Cyrusim. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what came to mind. Uh, anyways, from CTC, we'll just stick with that for now. Yeah. Um, quote, everything you do right now in Hecate environment, uh, in parentheses, menu, except Autos RCM, can't be seen by Horizon. Even if you boot custom firmware, it cannot be seen by 5.1.0. Right. We don't know if later versions will check the memory regions for the modified code, though, when you use the firmware or launch firmware option. So um, it's by someone pretty respectable. He's been coming out with some development in the scene for the uh payloads. most people are using his work if you're yeah. using you know these exploits right yeah. now so he's definitely got enough clout uh <laughs> definitely makes a good point though like they definitely can check more for this in the future so don't hold that as like this is a fundamental you know oh, no. hardware level thing that they can't get past it's definitely not um, but what i do think is interesting which I wish I would have found more information on is except auto RCM. So I guess they have a, a way of detecting like, oh, your console force booted into recovery mode. We can tell that that happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Which that would make sense too, because the way our auto RCM works is it ends up, it essentially ends up deleting or otherwise corrupting your boot zero. Mm-hmm. And the switch has been designed where if boot zero is messed up on your console, it's going to automatically boot up into RCM mode. So what auto RCM does is it on purpose corrupts your boot zero. Right. I just find it peculiar, and you know this is something that we can speculate on, but you know until we get more technical information, we can't really know. But I wonder why that's any different than regular RCM, right? Like if you go into RCM just with a jig, I would expect it to send the same kind of message or whatever across. You well, know it what can I mean? also it can also tell, like even theorizing with this, it can tell with oh this switch is fine, but the user did a trick of some kind to get this into a manufacturing or RCM mode. That makes sense. But if it's just automatically going into RCM, that's more of it looks in the NAND itself and boots here specifically and sees, oh, there's a corruption here. Sure. Therefore, we're automatically going to turn it on, and then it will just flag it in the system saying, hey, there's something fucked up in the boot zero of this system. Yeah. I just find it peculiar because this isn't doesn't sound like this is like phoning home to Nintendo. This isn't doing over anything over the network. This is just like what the OS can see. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't see why Nintendo would have an incentive to have one and not the other. But... This is these are people that have better knowledge than I do, and they have evidence to back it up. So you know, it's not really worth speculating over too much. But. I think I think it might be one of those things too, where I'm looking at it from uh, the perspective of if they're looking into repaired systems and all that stuff. Um, if they take a system into their facility, they might use their internal tools to see, okay, this system is just showing up as black. What's going on? Okay, there was a bad flash. What had happened? Okay, the boot zero is corrupted. What's going on here? So it could just be a diagnostic thing for them yeah, at that probably. point. Yeah, because a lot of these things, too, I know. The reason why I'm saying that is I've talked with one of my friends who is he, he's been pretty knowledgeable about things like this. Uh, but we had talked years ago about how the Xbox 360, if you boot it up without the disk drive plugged in, 
there is a flag on the system that counts how many times it has booted up without the disk drive plugged in. Hmm. And I was telling him that that could be a, it was speculated for a while, that was a measure to see, oh, if your system's ever been turned on without the disk drive plugged in, it can be banned. And he was saying, he was like, you know, I'm really, I really don't think that would be it. That's probably more of a manufacturing thing. Like if there's something that's not going on, like let's say someone sends in their console, the disk drive is broken, and that's why it was sent in. They could send it in. The factory could use their tools to look and look specifically at that flag and say, oh, this system has been turned on like 400 times and the disk drive is apparently not plugged. So is there something going on with circuitry here? What's up? It might not be anything super malicious like that. It might just be a thing of, oh, this is this is just kind of one of our diagnostic tools or one of the things we look for in our diagnosis. Regardless, it's something that the OS can see, which means eventually it could phone home to Nintendo. So something to just keep in mind. I have no doubt of that. Right. Yeah. And even one person, Newton's Law, he's saying here, I speculate a consistency check or some sort of error logging. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of what I was on as well too. Yeah. Although don't just kind don't nobody write that off. I mean, this can all phone home. So yeah, especially. And that's kind of part of the reason for announcing this, right? It's like, Hey, Nintendo could potentially see that you're in auto RCM. And in the future, like we, they could look at the memory or the modified uh, memory addresses and send that home too. Yeah. Um, switch is definitely proving more and more to me for being a console that does uh, deserve a a second console. If you're going to be messing with it, they've put in a lot of measures to, uh, make sure you're not doing anything nefarious and it's increasingly looking like it's going to be more difficult to make a hack switch your main switch. Yeah, that's why if anybody wants to do that, make their hack switch their main switch, keep that offline. So really, yes. if you if you don't care about going online, then you should be good, which a lot of people I've seen have been sure. like that. They have one switch, they don't want to buy a second one. They're like, if I get banned online, that doesn't matter. I'm just going to put this in airplane mode and never take my switch online. Sure. And also keep in mind, you know, we don't, the ramifications and various different caveats are going to evolve a lot. We're still really early days in this. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how things change over time. Yeah. And on that note, Nintendo cracking down on stuff. Absolutely. Well, I don't think they've, I'm not sure how hard they've cracked on this, but I'll go ahead. I've I'll let you a, take this one. All right. I can do that. All right. So. Our all right. friend. Oh, friend is it Cyrus M? It oh, is it Cyrus M. That's right. I, I, I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. So Cyrus M, friend of the show, not really. Uh, We'd love to it, have you on. Yeah, absolutely, man. It would be awesome <laughs> to talk to you uh, and get some insight on some of this stuff, especially like getting his explanation of this. Well, we've covered him in like every show for the past six months. It's about. The dude does, <laughs> does good stuff. He does. His, his Twitter's clean. It's informative. It's You know what I mean? I really, really appreciate his work. Yeah. Um, to get to the point here, though, uh, he did put out a large PSA on Reddit, essentially saying that there are very, very strong anti-piracy measures implemented by Nintendo for all their online stuff. Yeah. Um, we it's, it's quite a long post, and I'm sure we'll have it in the show notes in the description. We will. So I highly recommend if you're interested in this, um, go check it out. We do have a kind of high-level bulleted list here. Um, essentially, the first thing your console does when it goes to... Uh, connect to online in a game. So this is also implied that this is centered around games and maybe not so much eShop. I don't want to confirm or deny that, but a lot of the verbiage has been specifically around an online game. Now, whether that ban results in not being able to connect to the eShop afterwards... Well, even so, we're going to be getting into it here a little bit, but it's more, even if you're just like playing a game, it doesn't matter what it is, it's still going to authenticate and such. 
I'm not so sure. A lot of the language is insinuated even he, even in the overview right here. Here's what happened when you attempt to connect to online in a game. Okay. In the abstract, it does this and that. Um, this verbiage to me implied that this is mainly when you actually do attempt to go online okay. in, a ma- in, in a game. Now, there are probably some features in games that like you may not think about. Like, oh, I'm not going into matchmaking, but it's checking something online. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure Rocket League does a lot to... <laughs> connect to online services you know right, what I mean? right. friends and stuff like that so oh and, and the reason why i was thinking even just like games in general is because when you boot up a like any game even if you're offline you still have to i feel like it because you're still going to be connected onto their online services and such and on top of that it asks you to sign into a account as well too when you're setting all this up just like think of that when you're like bringing up your switch like you pick a title of any kind and then it brings up all your accounts on there and you pick the account and you press a on that that's local though still if you're connected online with that mm, i don't know i still think that's i'm gonna go with the verbiage on this for now okay. i think that's probably a good we're not gonna get bet. into it here i'm going again to, i'm going to go with my own my own thing on here i'm this just does gonna not go mean with... <laughs> keep your switch online i think the safest bet is to keep your switch offline if you care about this stuff my my whole thing is i've seen people in previous scenes get banned for playing single player games online early so well, i mean i'm not saying it's not <laughs> happening i'm just giving you the raw verbiage of what totally cyrus m friend of the show totally fine saying. So, to get into the list before we get sidetracked even more, here's what happens when you connect or when you attempt to connect online in a game. In the abstract, your console verifies that it can connect to the internet. Your console verifies that it can get a device authorization token to go online, basically essentially saying that it's not banned. So this is specific to your unique device. Um, your console authorizes the Nintendo account being signed into to see if your account's not banned. And then your console obtains an application authorization token for the specific title being played. Now, all of these things are potential preventive measures to playing online. Correct. Um, they're all most of them pretty straightforward, except for the last bullet point, which, um, from what I read, I, I I don't I didn't go through every single sentence in this, but I did get a high level of every single main section. Um, they even go into different endpoints like API endpoints and some of the data that's going across and some of the uh, query parameters for the API requests. Oh, so yeah. it really gets into the meat of it. Um, but when we go down to where we're actually dealing with um, it getting an authorization token for the title you're playing, mm-hmm. um, there's kind of two paths. Um, the obvious game carts in digital games. Now, what's interesting, I don't think this was the case for the 3DS or the Wii U. Uh, I can't say for sure, but I don't remember ever hearing about this. But essentially, every single game cart actually has a unique ID that is essentially written to it in the manufacturing plant. So, question on that. Would that be any different than the 3DS's like security sectors or security headers that were on cartridges? Because the way the 3DS worked was every cartridge had its own individual security header. Um, for individually, That's right. I actually do remember that. For individually installed titles, if you installed the game, it would generate a new header right there on your device. And then they were easily abused where if you had Pokemon X and it was your own dump and your own header, you could take that header and inject it into every single other cartridge ROM that you had. That's right. I think that was more... I do remember that now, and I think that was more like you couldn't have like two of those online at the same time because it's like, hey, how can you possibly do that? Well, it was also very easy for Nintendo to detect that too when it's like, you know, because there were, I know at least the pirated ROMs that were coming out did not have those headers, and then people were uploading their own copies that had headers, and Nintendo would just ban those versions because it's like, hey, how is there 600 
people playing the same copy of Smash at the same time. Right. Let's just ban the header, and then that header's banned. Right, right. So I, I guess this probably does do something similar. So um, this is similar to a header. It's a unique certificate is what they're calling it. Um, and basically... I mean, it's got to be a similar thing. So this ha has a request with kind of what title it is, what the um, wh what the authentic or the unique certificate is. Uh, perhaps they have better authentication around that, so like they know what uh, certificates go with what games. So you can't abuse that and put like one game's header on a different thing. I'm sure they've stepped up their security on that, but that's, essentially it it does authorize that for game cards. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like you know the thing where I talk about with the 3ds how you could generate your own security headers just by installing the title to your system, it doesn't seem like you can do that at all. Right. In fact, I think it's actually even said later on, like with eShop titles such as that, it is impossible. Maybe we'll, I don't, maybe that'll be by bypassed. We don't know. Like there's people who are probably saying nothing's impossible. I can agree with you. Mm -hmm. This is from Cyrus M though, who is a huge wealth of knowledge and has definitely proven himself. And he has, he, he's saying that we cannot do that. Right. So essentially, um, now here's where I'm not, Totally sure. I'm guessing it happens during like when you actually go to install the game from the eShop. But basically, you get a ticket that is then saying, "Okay, this ticket contains like this uh, device ID. This unique device mm -hmm. ID um, has the permission to play this title, and that ticket as well basically allows you to authenticate. And so um, it takes that ticket and sends some information to Nintendo, and it gets back whether it's authorized or not in a similar fashion. So um, you're not going to be able to, you know, trade tickets and stuff like that. These are going right. to be device-specific and title-specific. So um, you wouldn't even be able to move it to a different console of your own under the same Nintendo account because it doesn't care. It's mm -hmm. looking actually at the device. Um, so game carts are pretty interesting compared to that because they don't have any device-specific information, I don't think. Um, obviously, if they did, then you wouldn't be able to like, lend someone your game card. You wouldn't be able to you know, buy used game cards. So game cards don't necessarily care as much about the individual device. But I'm sure they care about, okay, does the certificate belong to this cart? And are there multiple online, uh, potentially even doing some logic around the devices? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess not, because I mean, we should be able to trade games back and forth regularly, right? Yeah. So, no, wouldn't so you be... if it, I mean, if it's going across the world, like that's fine. It's going to look for multiple copies of that game online at once. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's what's impossible. Exactly. Because I can give you like my like I can lend you out my copy of Pokémon, which I did actually. Mm -hmm. But if both of us are playing at once, that's going to flag on their servers and be like, you cannot play two copies of the same game at the same right. time. So, um, either way, they have definitely gone at length to make this more and more difficult. Uh, and more and more obvious uh, for them to p figure out if people are abusing this. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I have seen, uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of direct reports, but I have seen some of the more prolific uh, people in the scene saying that more and more people are complaining about getting banned with pirated games. I did so. see that Shiny, if he's who you're referring to, I saw that Shiny put out a tweet saying that pretty much anybody who is out there using the current dumps that are floating around mm -hmm. have been complaining that they've been getting banned from online services. Yep. So, and there was, I can't remember who it was, but there was one other person that mentioned something as well. So, uh, you know, if you're thinking about getting some pirated games, I would definitely wait right now. I don't know if it's even worth. I would the just risk. not. Do <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not even worth the risk right now. If you're like, trying to go online and all that stuff. Well, yeah. but hey, even we're not so, trying to advocate piracy here at the same yeah, time. I but. mean, even so, like 
for my my own games, I plan to back them up and just have them all available. And I so I already have all digital downloads. I don't. I have a large physical collection. And with yep. the Switch, it's like, oh, I actually, I see, I truly see the appeal of having everything digital, but I don't want everything digital. Yep. So now you kind of get the best of both worlds, but yeah. you won't be able to do the digital on your. Well, I even thought this Switch. the other night. Like I've been playing uh, the Life is Strange games, and I I bought that twice on PS4. Yeah. It was on a like before the storm. It was like six bucks digitally for the deluxe edition. So I got it. And I ended up paying nothing for it because I had, like, you know, gift certificate stuff that I was able to use. So that was great. But I still wanted the physical edition when it came out. Yeah. So even though I have the digital one there, which is incredibly convenient, I was able to just boot it up from my couch legitimately. I'm like, I still want the physical special edition of it, which yeah. I did get. I understand. That's my prom. I understand. Well, on your, your Switches, since you have two, what mm-hmm. you can do is take your hack switch use that guide that we had upgraded all the way and then use checkpoint to transfer your game saves over and then just play everything offline oh yeah i could do that too and then just transfer it all back when you're done true that (laughs) i don't know if it's worth it but no it doesn't seem worth it but i do find the i i see the appeal yeah yeah it's totally possible right now from everything i understand Mm -hmm. but yeah um stay away from the pirate stuff uh in general (laughs) <laughs> at least I mean, for right now, it just does not seem at all worth the risk of all these different things. I'm not going to tiptoe around it. I would just say it like people are going to pirate. Pirates are going to pirate. People are going to download whatever they want to. We're just saying if you're planning to take that shit online, you know the risks. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> and Nintendo is not going to ease up. If anything, they're going to get no, more no. and more diligent on it and advance this further and further. So, you know, heed the warning. Heed the warning. Yeah. All right. You think we beat that horse dead yeah i'm i'm good i mean there's so much more we can go into but it is like the meatiest article and yeah honestly like i even looked at i remember when i was reading this i was like we can't just like read this all out line for line mm-hmm. yeah the tldr of this though is don't pirate games it will lead to your console being banned from going online and every ban early hardware revision switch is an enormous waste mm-hmm. so i can see that yeah yep so. i know one thing I do want to touch up on, though, is uh, there's been some healthy discussion going on in the comments section here, which I appreciate from you all. Um, but some people were saying, like, I don't get where all this business from having your console modded and going online is. If you mod your console, you should keep it offline. I totally agree with that. And really, that sentiment came from the seventh generation of systems, where it became a lot easier to do that. Like, you know, fifth gen, I'm talking like PlayStation 1 and 64. Yes, technically, they were online capable but nobody was really doing that um the sixth generation of systems like it was ps2 online wasn't really it it didn't have a huge splash like xbox live so i also don't think that people were going as crazy with their mods there they were out there but it wasn't like a super common super easy thing to do um but it was more xbox live i remember on the original xbox um it was known you mod your system you got to keep it offline I remember Microsoft was even pretty transparent with that, where uh, there were several times when they had said, yeah, we're going to start doing hard drive sweep. So if we detect you have anything that is not the stock hard drive on your Xbox, it will be banned from Xbox Live. And it was just known that if you had a modded Xbox and you took it online, like near the end, it's like, okay, you, you're going to get, this will get banned within six hours top. So have fun for your fourth of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was last generation, like the seventh generation. That's when the PSP, they really didn't do all that much on that for banning. Um, the 3DS, they had like two ban waves really, but it was the Wii, the 360, the PS3. They were all very easy to take online, modded with backup games or pirated games or homebrew, whatever you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. 
So that's really where it came from. And we also have to remember that the seventh generation of systems went on for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It started in 2005 and it was succeeded by technically 2012 with the Wii U. Yeah. But still, even that was supported for a while. Seventh generation was when the mindset of a 10-year life cycle for consoles really came out, which is incredibly abnormal compared to other generations. So, blame the seventh generation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, these are lessons that I'm glad we're learning earlier. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I haven't even seen, like, you know, I don't know. We we could be... I haven't seen a ton of backup loaders floating around. I'm sure you can get them. I'm sure they're available. For uh, Switch, you're saying? I mean, no, like, I mean, aside from SX, yeah. I think there might be some, like maybe private ones. I'm right. not even 100%. I've just seen homebrew related right. things. I, I'm I'm just glad that we're finding this out before it's like super widespread. And even most people don't even have their SX uh, kits yet. Yeah. So it's I'm glad. Which, don't worry, we'll be out. talking about SX later on. That's true. <laughs> A little bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah. But anyways, I think it's good to move on. You want to go ahead and kick off this next one? Absolutely. All right. So uh, this one here, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. Let me go to, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. So Nayward, is that how you say his name? Yeah, that's what, that's what we said last time. And I like that. A very quick tease here, Immunand or M-U-E-M-C, technically. Yes. It's interesting how this terminology yeah. evolves. You know what I mean? Yes, Immunand is coming. This has been teased. That's all we know about it. Yep. Um, (laughs) The only other piece of information, which I don't think is specifically 100% related to this, but in the uh, comments of that, or the replies of that tweet, um, someone asked what firmware you're running on, and he says doing all dev on 2.0. He does not say this is limited to 2.0. This is just what he is operating off of. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, yeah, we really don't have a whole Since lot we more. can dump all the NANs, I don't, and since we have like full access to the hardware and such, I don't know why this would be limited to a certain firmware. Neither would I. So I expect more news to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we don't have a whole lot more on this. So That's all. That's all she wrote. I'm sure we'll be talking about it next month. Absolutely. With the way that things progress. I hope so. I hope so. The yep. next thing here, I'm just going to... Wait, uh, wait, real quick. Oh? oh? I did okay. want to point out like my right. favorite, which was the top comment under the Reddit says, as an Australian, I feel qualified to say my emu is ready. <laughs> That's great. So is mine. The next thing so is here mine. is, I appreciate that. The next thing here is Laird FS. So again, our, our good friend of the show, Cyrez M, had uploaded a video called Atmosphere Laird FS Test. This guy works way too hard. He does, but I mean, it's just awesome with what he's putting out at the same time. So looking at the video here, he has a 5.1.0 switch. He decides to boot up a game, which is Super Mario Odyssey here, and he shows a few changes. So in short, LayerFS stands for Layered File System, and this essentially means we can mod our actual games on the switch at this point. Right, and they're live patches, right? Correct. We're not actually modifying the game itself, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We're just loading these on the fly. Yeah, so the way, as I understand, the way Layered FS is supposed to work is just we're kind of boiling it down and simplifying it and all this stuff here. Uh, What it does is it goes in, and when you have it enabled on this game and you have certain perimeters and all that that are all set up, you're pretty much saying, hey, this game has a file on here called devinshirt.jpg look on the memory card as well i know you're playing this off the switch or you're in this container for the game or like you're playing it from the cartridge but look in this other directory for 
the DevonShirt file. And then if it can find any other files for that, it will load that into the game. Mm-hmm. And that's it right there, start in atmosphere mode. So what that's doing is whatever that file is right there, it's now loading that separately off of the SD card. Right. Now, this was available, or this kind of technology was available on the 3DS and possibly the Wii U as well. I can't quite remember. I don't remember about the Wii U. I remember games were actually mm-hmm. modded. But yes. I do remember Hans. Wasn't Hans used on 3DS for these game hacks? I think it was. I can't remember. I know Layered FS was on either or both. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one exactly. I never personally messed with it. Um, game modding is definitely something I enjoyed in my past. But, um, I, you know, with <laughs> my lack of time as it is, it's kind of really low on the priority list i let other people play with that uh but i find it fascinating as you point to me on that <laughs> maybe i didn't really mean to point to you <laughs> no no i don't know if, do you mod games um rarely yeah it's not i mean it's just not high i haven't i haven't list. done it in a while i've been enjoying just playing but yeah. that's me yeah me too but um i do know that like super mario on the 3ds and the wii u has been modded extensively i wouldn't be surprised if it was you know this technology that was doing a lot of that um, so those are the kind of things that we can see, whether it's asset swaps, potentially even like metadata swaps to mm-hmm. change like physics or different properties of things. I believe people have been also porting mods to Skyrim. Interesting. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I've at least seen Layered FS mods for Skyrim. That's very so, cool. So. Cool. Layered FS is coming. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. It looks seamless. You know, they're just, it's, it's a lot of asset swapping, a lot of like game file swapping. Like you said, I mean, anything that is on the game card, sh- we should be able to reroute it to say, look at this file instead. Absolutely. So it's pretty neat. Um, more to come with that more mods I, you know I, I honestly i cannot believe this is happening Same so here. soon um you know a lot of this could be the fact that horizon os is based off the 3ds and maybe we have some to work off of maybe there's like a lot of gaps that have already been filled right mm-hmm. oh this is already so similar to that but it's incredible to see the pace at which this stuff is going at for sure so should we talk so, about bog installer bog installer AKA, I, I like the previous name. I liked Meme Menu more. Meme Menu, yeah. I liked Meme Menu. Well, so <laughs> before we get started, uh, Ray, who I'm going to call Ray just because the name is tough. Yeah, I'm not going to attempt to say that. Ray, I think it's Ray's, <laughs> Ray's Yukaku, but I'm not positive. But Ray is easier to say. Yeah. Ray has released uh, this, actually, Cubus released this i don't under, know if it was just uh no no no. it looks it like ray released it but right uh, but uh cubis on uh who is a gba temp had put that this out like put together the um not the guide um but the actual post on here gotcha yeah um but anyways this looks like this appears to be a way to install probably official eShop games to your console through homebrew mm-hmm. um so this is using like Legit tickets. This is not enabling, you know, piracy at all. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, kind of, and I have read it as more of a proof of concept. This Correct. is really intended to be code for people to view and use um, and kind of base stuff off of or just even test, like, that this is possible and to share it, you know, just for research and development purposes. Um, and I believe here we see that the only thing that it does is install Splatoon to Global Test Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, they've been able to, like, Ray's been able to install other games here. So I have a tweet from him saying, yeah, so um, I don't own the leftmost three games here, but I can generate their record data. Lol. I, Getting somewhere with my NS ring. <laughs> is that, are you sure that's actually tied to Bog Installer? I do not believe it is. You don't think so? No. Bo- I thought it was. No, Bog Installer actually installs eShop titles. Okay. 
So if you look gotcha. at the video so this, too, that was the initial thing that I had seen before they were doing all of uh, that. Yeah, and I had seen that before, but I believe Bog Installer is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the Bog Installer uh, mm-hmm. deal, it looks like it legitimately installs Platoon Two Test Fire. Interesting. Um, the thing that you had mentioned, though, which I don't believe it has a title. I think this is just something totally different. I, I think this was Ray just hacking on a switch directly, not using, per se, homebrew and a homebrew application that he plans to release. Mm-hmm. So what you were talking about is where he said that he generated record data. Yeah. So similar to if you uh, play a game on your switch, have a game card, and you take your game card out, that icon is still going to be on your home screen. Mm-hmm. You're going to have record data. You'll be able to go into your profile and see how long you've played or that you were played recently or whatever. Right, right. Um, so this, is, I believe, is what Ray is generating in uh, the tweet that you were talking about, secondary. Okay, okay. But from the title of the video and from what I've read on uh, the tweets, the bog installer literally actually does install an eShop title. But you do need that title ticket, well, title ID there, and you need the tickets and such. Right. Okay. And if you get it so directly from the eShop, concept, yeah. yeah, I think That's if you get it directly from the eShop, um, I don't. I, I would expect the eShop to generate that title for you. If you do it all like 100% proper, you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. not trying to get around anything and just communicating with the CDN servers in the way that you're supposed to, it might do the whole normal process for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like he's creating a new client for the eShop. Right, right. This is very bare bones. From what I saw, there wasn't even options to select different titles or search for titles. It literally just said, like, install. Mm-hmm. So he probably had it hard-coded to the Splatoon 2 global test fire. Well, that's what it seemed like. It said that you would have to change the source on there to the tile ID that you want. Gotcha. So it is hard-coded like that. Right. Um, and I assume they probably started out with that test fire just because it's free. It was a demo, basically, and everyone should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, if we go to the GitHub page here, um, basically there's minor dependencies using uh, the, uh, Ray's custom fork of libnx, which is kind of a standard library for yep. uh, switch functionality. Uh, features mostly a testing platform for the NS IPC functions, nothing for the average end user yet. Um, the rundown, TX bows to bog installer, which is a pretty interesting uh, <laughs> yeah, shout I out. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> uh, in contact with Nintendo engineers, so he might be talking to them about this for some reason. I don't know what Possibly. that really means. Uh, possesses, possesses eShop-like abilities. <laughs> Controls the Nintendo Switch scene with an iron but fair fist. Uh, he goes on and on. Uh, this is really kind of, like you said, it used to be called he's a meme big, menu. He's a big memer. Yeah. So, um, this is not super serious. It's pretty neat. Um, in all reality, the possesses eShop like abilities is probably the only reliable thing we can see on here <laughs> or in contact with Nintendo engineers. Um, a lot of times these people are ethical hackers and they report some, you know, major vulnerabilities True that, you know, soon and proper. So I don't know if we're going to see anything come out of this. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Ray, it's awesome to see him continuing in the scene. I Absolutely, and he he's been making fast progress on that. Yeah, he did great stuff in the 3DS, so, you know, more power to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have a problem with the eShop in terms of, like, its UI or anything, but it would be kind of cool to get, like, an alternative, like, totally legit, well, not legit, but you know You're what I mean. talking about, like, a free shop type thing? No, like a legit eShop client that was different. Like, what if it had different categories well, that's, and sorted things differently? Well, Devin, that's also what free shop is. Free shop, you were, it, the original intention was to take your tickets and all that, the tickets that you legitimately had and load them in Yeah, there but you had to, that was a lot of manual work. From okay. What this, like, this doesn't require you to do any of that. You're gotcha. not lo- loading in your ticket, or your, uh, your ticket files or whatever, right? Right, 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 right. You're just literally, it's like probably going through the entire legit process 
on your Switch using your own Switch's IDs and passing mm-hmm. everything along like the standard pipes. Right. And then Nintendo's like, this looks legit. There you go. That makes sense. Um, so I see your point, but Free Shop definitely had a manual side of it, I believe, to even go like legit. For sure. Um, so we'll see what happens. This could be just a demo and is never used in the future. We will absolutely see. Yeah. Um, let's see. This one I thought was... It kind of reminded me, actually, like of Halo 2 Days in a weird way. Sure. Yeah. I'll um, take it. <laughs> I had heard of people who would get, like... At least people seemed worried about being in games with modders or hackers because they were like, I don't want to get banned or look like I'm the one doing it. True that. And we're kind of seeing some stuff like that with Splatoon. Yeah, which I'm sure people are not happy about, understandably so. Mm-hmm. But this gentleman here, Brian, on Twitter was saying, So we ran into hackers that forced us into turf war on an unreleased map when we were in League for Zones. If you see these people, please report them. And apparently the rumor is that a lot of modders are doing this to get legit users banned. Right. And if they're not doing that explicitly, there is a very good chance they could get legitimate users banned. Right. And this stems from, rightfully so, probably the same kinds of concerns of past consoles and games. Yeah. So, in the video, there's some really funny commentary, to be honest. I don't know if you listened to the video. I have not, It's, no. it's pretty ridiculous. And I'm muted here on my end. Yeah, you peop- hear people, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's because they realize that this is a map that has been announced, but is not released. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's pretty obvious that there's something nefarious going on. Oh, yeah. The the thing that it reminded me of, I was I was more wanting to know your Halo Two side of it, but it was reminding me of Call of Duty, where all the uh, where all like the challenge lobbies and all the tenth prestige lobbies were coming about, and for a while, like you could really only get into modded lobbies. So it's like you would go in there, and everybody would be floating around all over the place, and some would have God mode, and some wouldn't, and you would kill someone, and you'd get enough XP to prestige. But there were also <laughs> The other really nefarious thing, and the the unfortunate one, which this kept me off Call of Duty for a while, was D rank lobbies, where you would get into a lobby, and so Devin, this is this is horrible. But the way it worked was you would get into a lobby, like just like regular matchmaking, and then if someone killed you or you killed someone, you got like negative six million XP. So of course you would freak out and you know go and end your game. When you end your game, it saved your stats and it would set you to a negative one level. And you need to be a minimum level one to go into any of the playlists. Wow. So therefore, the only way you could fix that was if you got someone to mod your account again. So you had to seek out a modder and then have them invite you and then go into there and then have them remod your account. For a while, to Activision's credit, they did have a reset tool for, I think it was Call of Duty 4 and World at War, where you could sign in on their website and they gave you a lot of warnings. They're like, this is only to be used if a modder's fucked up your account. This will hmm. reset everything. Are you absolutely sure you want to reset your account? Yeah. But I think in like 2014 or 2015, they took that service down. Wow. it's incredible. Yeah. I had not heard of that. Yeah, it was bad. So it I didn't ever have any like bans or knew anyone who got banned off Halo 2. However... Um, I'm trying to remember. I know my dad ended up booting up. I don't think we got banned. I can't remember if we got banned or we were just worried about it. <laughs> you should ask it. your dad. I, he might remember. But basically, yeah, he had forgotten that uh, we had a bunch of mods set up. So, like, we'd have, like, the days where, like, we were using one Xbox to do this. It'd be like, hey, dad. And my dad played Halo 2 a bunch. So it's like, hey, dad, 
uh, I got mods installed right now. Don't go online. We had told him that, and then he forgot. And then or maybe we didn't tell him it. Maybe maybe we forgot. I don't know. But he went online, and it was kind of a bit of a panic because mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the stuff we were doing was not uh, subtle mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> oh no, I believe it. Yeah, I mean it was like every gun shooting out a different thing, and you know flying warthogs and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. I have a question for you, Devin, because you were around in the original Xbox Live heydays and modding and all that. Did you ever hear about people stopping their Halo Two disc? No, I don't think so. Okay, so maybe people can confirm on here, whether you're in chat or if you're watching this, you know, while at like after the show, please let me know because I've only heard this story from one person and he told me this in middle school. But allegedly, allegedly, I have to say this here, the story that he told me was he was playing with a lot of modders on Halo 2 and apparently, allegedly, this is a known trick. He got into the room with some modders and they were modding their maps. Now, at one point, you could only modify the DLC maps. You couldn't load the on-disc maps. Correct. So they had to figure out ways to prevent the game from loading maps from the disc. So they told him, dude, you need to stop your disc from loading in order to do this. And it was like at a certain point in the matchmaking menu. And he asked how. And they said, okay, take a butter knife and stick it underneath the second X in the Xbox logo. And then kind of push downwards on it. And it will stop. It won't hurt it, but it will stop the disc. And it will prevent it from loading any of the disc-based maps. And then it will force us to load in a modded DLC map. So he said that he took a butter knife and he put it under there and he did that. He stopped the disc that way. And that way they had to have people do it so that the game would still do matchmaking. But because certain people couldn't load the on-disc maps, it would force DLC maps to load into rotation. He's the only person I ever heard that from. I cannot verify the validity of it. I can't test it mm. myself, obviously. If anybody knows of anything like that, if that's true, please let me know. I mean, there is logic there. There is. It doesn't sound completely stupid, but I've never heard of that. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't really get how a lot of the modding stuff works. It seemed like some stuff, and I never took it online much. I didn't really try and push that ever. It seemed like some stuff was like, some mods would be only you would have the mod. Correct, yeah. And then some mods like affected everyone. Um, But... Yeah, I've never heard of that, and I don't know if there's any legitimacy to the actual logic. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> WC anyways found it. How to butter knife? Hey, seven sins. This is how I. This is a site where I learned. How oh to... my god! We're gonna go through this tutorial right now. Holy! I've never bothered looking this up, and I think this is the first time I've ever retold this story. Yo, how to butter knife the Xbox. This is from February 25th, 2007. Well, I see a lot of people posting things on how to disc stop. I know there are different ways, but people seem to like the butter knife method. I, well, I comprise a tut with pictures on how to do it. So you need an Xbox, a butter knife, and a Halo 2 disc. All right. You will insert the Halo 2 disc into your disc tray and load it up. Get your butter knife and your Xbox ready. All right. So when you are in the pregame lobby... You stick the butter knife into the disc tray right above the O, the O in Xbox, and once in, push up on the handle so the tip hits your disc. You will hear a hissing sound. That means you're doing it correctly. So you're just like scratching the top of the disc. Well, is it <laughs> is that above? Did he right above the oh no? I guess the logic was to get it inside that little circle, like where the seal is there, which would be kind of okay so hold this till step three configuring game when you let this go this is what it will look like okay so it's just gonna stay in there (laughs) it just stays in there ask and for proof that it works 
Icicler is my old gamer tag. Look at the map. All right, and that's Relic, which is a DLC map. Okay. I was going to say, when you were talking about the logic of it working, the only other time I'd heard about something like this was several of my friends used to play Halo 3 all the time, and they knew one guy, this is before you could install games to your 360, but they knew one guy where his disc was scratched just in the right place where one of the maps didn't load. I think it was Epitaph, and they mm. confirmed it because they said every time they played with him, whenever they would get into a pregame lobby and it was loading in the map, sometimes Epitaph would bring up, would come up for about half a second, and then it would immediately switch over to another map. Wow. Yeah. But and it was sense. only with him, and he even said he's like, "Yeah, my disc has like one scratch on it, and it still works." But I notice I never, I'm never able to load Epitaph. Interesting. Well, I mean, it makes sense just as a defense mechanism, right, to keep the online experience yeah, that's priority. A, that's pretty incredible. That's never amazing. Heard of it. Oh my god. Well, that's probably. I mean, the reason why I probably didn't hear of it is because I never really had an interest in going online with my mods and stuff like that. I try to stay away from that as much as possible. But mm-hmm. that's very cool. Shout out to Seven Sins, <laughs> where I like I can't learned how to. That mod uh, xbox for the first time mm-hmm. uh, good memories i just uh, see i remember my friend was so he was so adamant about it too because like years and years later one time i even went to his house and he's like see daddy this, this is the knife i even use and he showed me the butter knife and yeah it had like a mark on it from using it so much but i just looked at it, i was like this doesn't prove anything this you're just showing me a knife with a weird mark on it right 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 <laughs> pretty neat oh my god that's amazing that made my night live here mod chat Awesome. Well, now that we got that blast from the past out of the way, should we move back on to some of that uh, SX stuff you teased Ab- earlier? Absolutely, absolutely, we should. All right, we have we have a, we're gonna have this discussion here. So yeah, I feel like this is probably gonna be more just a general discussion than us running down some topics. I mean, we can probably hit some key points here, but um, big news is that the OS has been released. Yes, it has. So we have the actual. Uh, let's see, pull up the page here. Yeah, I have it pulled up right here. I downloaded both of those files. But basically, we have like the file that needs to go, what is it, on your SD card, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then that the the exploit will boot. Correct. And then they also released, I guess, if you don't get the dongle, if you want to just buy the license itself, but not the dongle, you they released the actual payload.bin that you can load with any of like the Fuse Jelly tools or Tager RCM Smash or all that. Correct. Yeah. So it's pretty neat to see them actually doing that. And I mean, I'll say this: their, their website looks pretty enough. They're also they're mm-hmm. on secure. They have SSL enabled, so you know respect for that. <laughs> yep, you got nice animations, nice menus. It uh, goes down to mobile really for well. Sure. It's de- definitely a nice responsive website. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm looking here. So this is even what the final thing looks like. I'll bring up the images. So this is SX Pro. So they have a nice, you know, press. Le- that's a really nice looking jig right there. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. And then also that is the uh, the dongle that's supposed to go in there. Correct. Got a few photos. That's just kind of a mock-up of what it's supposed to have. And it's supposed to hold a tiny bit of power, hence the two capacitors right there. You know what I find interesting? Their jig, a, too, is got like a, it looks like it has a sliding mechanism. Yeah. So that's how it says off and on. Mm-hmm. It's not something I've seen. So I, I like how they, you know, if you're going to be purchasing this thing, it's just probably going to cost a little bit more than, you know, buying a jig online. Oh, it's yeah. not as nice that they put in just a little extra touch. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll really be that useful, but it's pretty interesting. Still. And this one seems to specifically short, it looks like it would do pins 9 and 10. Yeah, that's what I noticed as well. Yeah, it's not pins uh, 9 and 1. Well, they do 10 look a little far apart for That's 9 true. And 10. Yeah, so, so I think there's like multiple ones that you can short on there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it'll be nice when we, me and you both, will have one of these in our hands. 
yes. here at some point. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah, just for transparency's sake, I ended up, because uh, we were all interested in this, and uh, I ended up grabbing one while I could. Mm-hmm. So I don't have it yet, and I actually did. Some people might not be very happy about it. I did pay for it. I didn't do a review or anything because I don't plan to do a review or any video content on it. Yeah. But admittedly, I do still want to check it out for curiosity's sake. Yeah. So. I mean, even for just having it uh, as like a collector's piece alone. Oh, yeah. Like this is a neat thing. Um, it's, I mean, we already know that this uh, this technology is pretty future proof. What are you laughing about? You, did you see the unboxing of it with the guy with the dirty finger now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was commenting about it. No, there was a video of an, a quick unboxing, and all the comments were like, "This dude's well, fingernails nasty." That happened with Gateway too. Uh, no, they had a nice woman's fingers. Uh, there was like, one with the Gateway that was. There was that. one video with the Gateway. That I never was saw. Gross. It. Yeah. yeah, that's probably why they switched to a woman doing all the Gateway stuff. Then. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. They did heavy focus on the hands for that one. Yeah, it was. It's gnarly <laughs> when you've got nasty long fingernails. It's not a good look, man. Yeah. Anyways, so the products look good um, and everything like that. Um, you know, they're not selling it directly on this website, so you will have no. to go to a retailer. I'm not sure if they provide a list of websites here on there. I hadn't looked. Uh, there is the resellers there, yeah. So cool. a list of Team Executor resellers, or you can contact Team Executor if you want to become a reseller. Right, so you should be able to, uh, if you want to, you know, if you're interested in actually getting one of these, you should be able to go through there. I know that uh, they are having, I've read that a lot of places are having stock issues where they've already sold out of their first stock. Oh, yeah. But they're waiting, a lot of them are still waiting on receiving the, the first stock, and then they'll be waiting to receive the next batch. Um, I'm sure you can still purchase them on most places, but the site we got it from, I haven't looked back recently. They did had, they had raised the price to an obscene amount of money. Well, because they, and they said explicitly, and that's, and I kind of explained to you, well, explained to the people on here. Um, sometimes sellers will do that because they, I think they raised the price of SXOS to like $100 and mm-hmm. the Pro to 200 And they even said on there, we've raised the price, so um, nobody will buy it. Because we're restocking right now, which I don't understand why they didn't just do out of order. Because um, the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of sellers, what they do, like sometimes, let's say on eBay, if you're buying something and you find a cheap Chinese HDMI cable, but it's like $1,000 for one cable. What they'll do is they don't want to take down their listing and they don't want to remove the history of that. But what they do is they keep the listing up and they jack up the price so high that nobody in their right mind will buy it. So then they can wait on the back end to get restocked. So after like a week when they get those HDMI cables back in, they'll drop the price back down to a buck twenty-five. Right. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sure that's what it is, but it is pretty peculiar since they're not selling this on Amazon or anywhere where it really matters. It's their only doing it on their own private website but regardless you know that was one website of many retailers mm-hmm. uh, what's neat is that you know these are coming soon the the os is available uh, which also means that the hacking community has been able to kind of poke at it a little bit yes so are you talking about the discussion uh either i mean just whatever i haven't like gone really too deep into I'll it i'm more the, waiting for sure i'm really waiting for like this to get just completely reverse engineered to be honest i'm sure it's gonna happen that's the funny thing too a lot of people i notice a lot of the people who are you know making the stance of no piracy they're making the exception for this os just because of the principle of it uh but no it looks like uh hex Kyes, i guess or h-e-x-k-y-z however you say it um or hex keys no it's hex keys there we go i'm tired uh, so he's saying, so Team Executor's OS is up. Main file boot.dat has a small header at X100, and the body is AES128 CTR encrypted with the key and the CTR right there. Decrypted file has another payload to deobfuscate the OS. 
Mm-hmm. And they also put in this nice funny meme here. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, they kind of have like a multi-layered approach here, I'm sure, for a variety of reasons. One of them probably being to, you know, make it harder to get reverse engineered and cracked. And allegedly a lot of people are saying that the protection on it isn't very good. So I have no doubt that Team Executor will be bumping that up in next updates and revisions, but mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know if we really need to go into the thread. Um, I haven't really been diving a ton into it, and this is really technical stuff. Yeah, so do you you want me to TLDR, or do you want to get into it? So really the TLDR of this is uh, Pragma, or Pragma, uh, over on GBA Tim, has a Switch OS crack thread, and he goes into insane detail over everything, how this is working, what he's reversed, etc., and as I understand, he has ended up creating a license repacker and a boot repacker and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, the TLDR that I can really get into this is when it comes down to it, it looks like at this moment in time, yeah, the boot.dat unpacker, the boot.dat repacker, and the license.dat repacker. Um, right now from testing, it seems like regularly with SwitchOS or SXOS, uh, you can get in here without um you you can boot up the os and everything without paying for a license the only thing you cannot do with a unlicensed copy is you cannot play games at all which that's one of the main driving forces of buying this like or they're putting it out so you can easily play your games which it seems to accomplish but without that license you can do everything on it except for play games apparently if you crack it using this method here you can get it to boot up the first time successfully but It is near impossible to boot up after that until you go in, repack everything, reinstall it. Uh, The other thing is, too, game loading is not working on there. Or some people, there might have been some reports of people getting games to work, but it's been very, very, very buggy, and there's been a very low amount of success with that. So it's in the making right now. I'm more putting this out here because I'm not going to advocate like, hey, you should look into this or, hey, this is bad, whatever it might be. This is more just the information I'm putting out here. And whatever you feel on it, that's that's totally up to you on that. I found this to be interesting, though. That's yeah. just me. I, I definitely will be interested, too, on like you know more and more information and i haven't like dug through this super extensively but uh on how the licensing you know actually works mm-hmm. it sounds like they can like uh what is it they're able to generate license.dat files and stuff like that using mm-hmm. custom rsa keys but it won't work on the official boot.dat but you know not that i'm advocating for this for you know either but we could see them like really breaking the boot.dat open and being able oh, yeah. to generate these with no problem. So, yeah. um, cause I was wondering about that. Like, is this thing phoning home or not? And like, you know, contacting team executors web services at all, but I don't think it is from what I read. Interesting. Um, cause that would be kind of like a little unnerving as well. Right. If you yeah. install or buy this, you know, dongle, this kit, and then it's like communicating with the team executor servers you know, I yeah. wouldn't want that as much. Especially since people are able to play this in airplane mode. So Right, right. Yeah. yeah. The last thing here that we had had on this was, this is the tweet I talked about from uh, Shiny, where he was right. saying, yes. my face went even more bans from people pirating and then going online with SX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. And for the people that uh, can't see it, it's, I believe, this is from Star Wars, isn't it? Or what Let's is say this? yes. I think it is, and it says it has a guy's face that says, "Oh, it's beautiful." <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. I haven't. I've been keeping up with the latest Star Wars movies very much. Same, but so. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like some. My Star Wars knowledge is also severely lacking, so yeah. I'm going to be the first person to admit that. But <laughs> you watch the originals? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 
that's good. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so circling back, don't pirate your games and go online. Or just don't pirate your games. Yeah. That'd be preferred. Yeah. Take, take it from us. <laughs> so you're definitely more knowledgeable on this next subject. So I'll sure. let you run with this. Sure. All right. All right. So this is, we were wanting to talk about this. Uh, we're now off the Switch stuff for the most part. But um, this is kind of the dangers that come into a few things. And there's also some misconceptions about this that I'd like to clarify a bit more. So this is happening in 2018 right now. For anybody who is familiar with Grand Theft Auto 5, Grand Theft Auto 5 modding or Xbox 360 modding, this name might ring a few bells. So this is Rockstar takes Australian to court over GTA online modding. Seeks permanent ban on modifying GTA 5, which I mean, that's going to be easy enough for Rockstar to do. But there is one person and he used to go by the name of Chrome X Mods. And he is right now being taken to court and he is being sued by Take-Two, which is the publishers of Grand Theft Auto 5. Right. So the first thing here that people might be thinking is, oh, shit, they're going after modders. What's going on? Um, I was trying to figure out this myself because this is th- this article here was written May 8th of 2018. So I was trying to figure out why would they go after him because he hasn't modded Grand Theft Auto V in years. And this guy was known to mod it. Um, he had actually... so. Going back here, apparently he was, he'd gotten cease and desists, and he had had some kind of action taken on him from Rockstar or Take-Two Interactive, um, but it seems like they eased off, and there was some agreements, which we're going to get into here later on, but he has violated those agreements, so if we scroll down here, I kind of wanted to go through this and such, so there is a... Uh, Devin, I was wanting to know if you bring up that article, the one from PC World, uh, would you like to do some uh, some role playing with me here? Sure. Let's all go right. For it. All right. All right. So you have the article up, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, who do you want to be? Do you want to be unknown or do you want to be the respondent? Uh, I'll be. I'll be unknown. Okay. Sounds good. So, kind of putting some some things up here. So, this is what we had talked about. So he had they'd already gone after this guy before. So yeah, in August 2014, Take Two identified that Taylor was behind the Crow Mods Grand Theft Auto Online account. The company contacted Taylor, and in November 2014, the two parties exchanged a deed in relation to Grand Theft Auto Online. According to Take Two, Taylor admitted that he had breached the Grand Theft Auto Online EULA as well as Take Two's copyright. Under the terms of the deed, which legally is somewhat akin to a contract but without any payment involved, Taylor agreed to not make any further altercations or alterations to Rockstar's software and to not publish the details of his unauthorized mods or related instructions. According to Take Two, Taylor agreed to not assist in any way in the development or alterations used in connection with any game developed or owned by the first applicant, including but not limited to writing code, examining data packets, and information exchanged between game users and servers, or exchanges between game users and copyright protection and access control devices. He also agreed to not comment on the deed or settlement discussions with Take-Two. So here we go. And by the way, the mod shop, thank you very much for the $5 donation. Why is there an N64 on the table? I'm very glad you asked yeah, for okay. decoration. Kind of forgot about that already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing around with decorations out here. I thought a green N64 would be cool. Yeah, change it up. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, in February, Take-Two says it became aware of a YouTube video, which has since been removed, posted by Stelio Contos, that featured someone identified as Taylor and an unknown person. The video included this exchange. 
for what reason? So here we're going to be role-playing. This is the exchange. So Devin just asked for what reason. I can't do an Australian accent, by the way, but <clears throat> let's restart this. All right. So Devin is unknown, and I'm going to be respondent. I need, I need to say my line yes, again? Yes, we, we, oh. yes. Yes. Did I just throw you off your groove that bad? No, it's all, it's all good. Go all ahead right. and say your line again. For what reason? They got me for unauthorized access. They got me for the Copyright Act 1968, Criminal Code 1995, Cybercrime Act 2001, torturous interference with other people's contracts, harassment, carriage service, breach of EULA. Um, ah, what else did they get me for? Just heaps of shit. Fucking heaps of shit. That's just crazy, though. And basically, in the end, I just signed a settlement saying, yep, I, I won't do it anymore. I'll be a good boy, and I'll help you fix all the problems, and please leave me alone. And here you are modding GTA. Yeah, privately. <laughs> all right, man. Once it's in your blood, you can't go back. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, like I did stop for a year, but just, but now I'm just behind the scenes, and I just let other people take credit for my work. Ah, uh, gotcha. And end scene. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. So that's what I wanted to discuss on here. Um, really, one of the things I was seeing, because I looked at a few forum posts from other people, some others who had talked about this, discussed this and such. And the main thing here is they're not going after this guy, Crow Mods, otherwise known as Jeremy. They're not going after him for breaking, uh, for modding Grand Theft Auto Online solely. What happened is he was modding Grand Theft Auto Online they went after him. He signed an agreement, which it was very clear there, where even right here, he's not supposed to do any of his modding. He's not supposed to assist in modding, and he's not supposed to talk about that deed. Yet there is allegedly video evidence. Well, I would say that there is a video of allegedly him breaking that. Essentially, what it comes down to is they put him on probation. He violated his probation, and they might have solid evidence of his probation being violated. Right. So that is what he's being sued for. They had had a contractual agreement, and they said, you are not to help with any of this, you are not to partake in any of this, and you're not to comment on it. And he's here saying he's commenting on everything, and he's been helping out with this and developing for years. So he's violating, allegedly, mm -hmm. he's violating all of the agreements of their deed. Correct. Yeah. Just to be clear, we're talking about Taylor, not Jeremy. Jeremy Taylor, though. Oh, is that his name? I believe oh, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, Jeremy Taylor, yeah. No, I was I was going to get around to that here. The other thing is, so... Gotcha. If you are one to help him out at all, he does have a GoFundMe, which I'm going to link down below in the description. It's legal support for Jeremy, and he's discussing it here and such. Uh, but he says, Hi, my name is Jeremy. I'm located in Brisbane, Australia. I'm 24 years old and have a part-time job at a local go-kart track. I used to code in my spare time under the alias Chromex mods. Mainly, I'd be recognized for my Grand Theft Auto and Forza con con yeah, contributions. I've given so much to the Xbox 360 modding community over the time I was involved. Jumped to 2018 in the timeline, and I'm currently being sued by Take-Two Interactive, Rockstar Games' parent company. This is a battle I cannot afford to take part in, so I'm reaching out to the community for any help I can get. The funds will be withdrawn and used for my legal expenses, lawyers, travel, etc. And I want to be very clear about this. I am not fighting Take-Two Interactive. I'm simply trying to survive and get to the end. So if you've ever used any of my code of programs, please consider a small donation to help me. If only 20% of the people who used any of my tools or, coded, or code donated $1, that'd be plenty. Thanks, Jeremy. And he is, he has just over $1,000 and he's trying to get up to 25000 So again, I'm going to link this down below in the description if anybody wants to help out. I'm sure there's 
plenty of people who are listening to this who are more than familiar with this guy. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to, just for clarity, um, it's uh, June 20th right now, and there are 22 days left on the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one thing I, I kind of want to talk about with this as well, too, this whole thing is... Um, because some people might also be worried because obviously they came after this guy. They're coming after him again. This time it's because he violated that agreement. But the first time it was for modding Grand Theft Auto online. So if you're modding Grand Theft Auto, is Rockstar going to come after you? Depending on what you're doing, probably not. But Devin, you're not familiar with any of this guy's work, are you? No, I, I believe I've heard of the name, but no, I was never into the Xbox 360 scene like that. So this is essentially what he was doing. He was griefing. He was going after Microsoft, not Microsoft. I mean, he messed with Microsoft a little bit, but he was going after Rockstar hard. So again, he was a Xbox 360 modder. So first of all, he was taking all this online. A lot of these videos have since been removed, but he had his own Grand Theft Auto 5 mod menu, and it was called Grand Theft Auto 5 Fucker. <laughs> So it was not just to have fun with the game. It was obviously explicitly to hurt the game. If that's not enough, again, I've seen these videos. They were entertaining to say the least, but they're gone now. He was then going into live streams with Rockstar Games. So Rockstar, I believe they still do this, but they would have celebrities and other streamers on their streams, and they would stream Grand Theft Auto V. And he would go into these same games with these streamers and he would, you know, be stream sniping, but then he would bring up his menu and he'd be griefing hard on the stream. So he had development tool options. He was, I remember one video, he kept spawning UFOs everywhere. Um, he wow. figured out how to rape people in the game. In the single player game, there's an animation where one chick is having sex with her boyfriend and he ended up taking that animation. He was able to tie it between other characters. Wow. So he was doing stuff like that. So it was actually interrupting Rockstar's business. It wasn't just that he was like giving out money and all that stuff. He was going on their turf like while Rockstar was live streaming and was like projecting all this. And if you've seen the original videos, there are even several times they would cut out and be like, you know, please stand by. We're having issues. So they were trying to cover this. And even a few times, because he like he he pointed this out in his griefing videos. But there were several times that he would um, like Rockstar was telling the people, I think like one of the guys Drifter was his name. He kept talking about UFOs and Rockstar was on the side. They're like, dude, st- 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 don't mention UFO. Don't mention it. So wow. he was going above and beyond. I wouldn't be surprised if he had already gotten a cease and desist, which is, hey, stop it or we'll take legal action. And I know he'd gotten cease and desist from Microsoft for it. He got at least one. For this, I'm not sure on there. But again, this was very different than taking something like, I've shown this, like Azure menu. Like, that's fine. That's offline. That's free. This was something completely different where he was not only, you know, completely hacking up the game, he was doing it with the intention of trying to ruin it. And even if it wasn't that, he was going in and making Rockstar's lives a living hell for that as well, too. So mm-hmm. that's why completely different thing there. It was more, it wasn't fun. It was damaging is what I can say. Right. So that's why they went after him because he was damaging the game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these hacks and stuff like that, you know, it's like, we're not hurting you, you know, we can mind our own business and you can mind your own business, but this definitely seems like a much different situation. I definitely didn't know the extent of all that, so it's pretty, it's pretty intense, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was bad stuff, so he's, he's, well, he said he stopped, he stopped publicly and he said he stopped for a year, but then he's been doing this stuff in the background, so... Yeah, that's that, that's how it goes, I guess. But again, just just 
be careful with that. I know some other people are saying, oh, he should have used a VPN, should have used a proxy, like, don't put out your name. I mean, that's one thing. He was very clear about who he was. But again, this was all also intense to damage. One other thing, I can't confirm this myself. I've just, I've only heard stories. So take this one with a grain of salt. The other ones I've seen videos of, but take this with a grain of salt. He was also making a lot of money with this menu because it was his own menu. He was making it. Um, but apparently he was like Devin, he was able to sell this for like four figures. Hmm. And if people weren't buying it, he, the other story I heard was people were paying his bills sometimes in exchange for this mod menu. Wow. Yeah. So he was making a comfortable living at one point with this tool that again was damaging and was being used to damage the image of Grand Theft Auto V and ruin the game. I mean, it's all pretty heavy. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't exactly blame Rockstar or I guess Take Two in this instance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is fairly malicious and fairly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah, know. no, it was it's all malicious, compli- which is why they. I mean, they they went light on him the first time. They yeah. said like allegedly with what he was saying, it was like, hey, they came to him. They said, stop doing any of this shit. Help us fix our game, and we're good. We'll go our separate ways. Yeah. But yeah, at this point now, they are going after him now in 2018 because he violated the agreement. Right. Not because he was just modding the game. He violated their agreement. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I, I don't know. This, this is a tough one. I feel bad for any, you know, hacker getting uh, getting this kind of attention and kind of punishment from any much, much larger person because it is someone small. These aren't people that are wealthy that have, a, you know, can hire a nice defense team or Absolutely. anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, look, if you're warned and you don't play by the rules and you're smacked again, like, I, I don't know if... Mm-hmm. You know, I have a whole lot of remorse. Yeah. And it sounds like actually a lot of the, uh, as I've told those stories, a lot of the uh, the opinions of the people in our stream right now have kind of changed on that. It's gone from some people saying, oh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll donate to him to now people saying this guy was not bright with what he did. And now they're asking, why should he have sympathy, which I'm not I'm not going to go on either side. Yeah. All I did was I just presented everything here. That's what the situation is. That's what happened. I just I just want to put that out there. That's it. I'm not saying I support. I'm not saying I don't support him. So you have to make that decision on your own. But that's all that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, on lighter notes. On lighter notes. <laughs> it looks like we're going to be getting another 3DS exploit primary. All right. So Smeelum, a.k.a. Smee, Mm-hmm. Uh, I always said Smear. Smear? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mm. say Smealum. 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 I don't know. Um, I, don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think Smealum rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, basically, you know, this guy has done a ton of stuff for the scene. He brought the first uh, homebrew launcher um ninja hacks absolutely all that stuff um definitely well respected and continuing his grind and he's actually going to be presenting at dev defcon at devcon def yes Con, the famous Defcon. hacker conference that happens every year and i believe las vegas i believe so yeah sounds about right so it's pretty awesome uh he's gonna he's not his first talk in front of like a kind of a hacker uh conference like this but he's going to be go, uh, going through kind of you know his experience hacking the 3ds in fact, the talk, uh, which looks like it's going to be about 45 minutes long, is called Jailbreaking the 3DS Through Seven Years of Hardening. So uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of information here, but yeah, he's going to go through uh, let's see, this, 
From him, the description of the talk, the 3DS was one of the Nintendo's first serious attempts at security, featuring a cool micro-kernel-based OS and actual exploit mitigations that didn't stop it from getting hacked pretty hard, making it possible for people to write their own homebrew software for the console, but Nintendo isn't one to back off from a fight, and as a result, has put significant effort into not only fixing vulnerabilities, but also introducing new security features targeted specifically at killing exploit techniques used by hackers. So... Throughout this, he's actually announced that he has, I believe, four. He said, "Yeah, uh, yeah, using a, uh, about hacking 3ds, using a, a brand new chain of four zero-day exploits to illustrate the whole thing." That's right. Primary free entry points to ARM9 chain incoming for 11.7. And that just came out, actually. That just came out, yeah. So it's not really in our topic list, but it just came out three days ago or four days ago. Or I don't yep. know, somewhere in the range of that. Um, and I saw that, and the first thing I thought was, oh, I hope... Hope nothing got patched, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's stuff out there, but, like, I hope this doesn't make things difficult. Yeah. And I can't remember if it did, but regardless, we're going to have a new primary exploit soon yeah. enough. So, to clarify on this as well, too, I know um, Xseat was saying, what is this B9S2? It's not going to be that, but essentially this means if you're looking to mod up your 3DS, um, if you're on 11.7 or lower... There is going to be ways, multiple ways it seems like, you'd be able to do this for free without having to buy an eShop game, without having to um, well, get I, a 3DS, yeah. like, well, like, well, a DS cartridge without doing a magnet trick or anything else. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I don't know if we know really the details on exactly what it's going to be, it, you know. It could involve a game, but, but it's primary not. Primary entry point to ARM9 chain. Right, like yeah. well, regardless of and what it is. it's free. Right, that is yeah. true. <laughs> that is true. Could still be a game, though. We saw, like, you know, note hacks and various different things like that coming about. So I wouldn't be surprised. But um, that's all we really know right now. For sure. But, I mean, as far as I know, that should be able to lead us to Boot 9 Strap. Oh, yeah. Right? So as long as we have Homebrew, we can get that installed, and you're, you know, you're golden. So can't wait for that. Uh, Smealum. Big fan. Yes. Yeah. You know, that, that guy said he liked one of my videos before. Nice. Yeah, no, he, uh, I know some people might be like, oh, rah, 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 rah. no, when I was doing some 3DS videos a while ago, I made one over uh, Region 4, which was the uh, region-free game card loader that mm-hmm. he made. Uh, I thought it was a, a, an alright video, but he specifically tweeted it out, and he's just like, hey, Mr. Mario 2011 made a video over Region 4, and it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, Very I remember nice. I even, like, I took that, and I was just, like, kind of prideful of it, because no one complained about that video, but I was like, yeah, if anyone complains about this video... The developer who made the tool that I'm using and showcasing in here and showing you all how to use just said that he liked it. So I'm going to go with his opinion. <laughs> yeah. I remember back in the PSP homebrew days, I had uh, one of my homebrew. Uh, it wasn't the developer, but someone made a video about it. And that kind of recognition, regardless, was like, hey, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's like, it's hey, not quite man. as cool, but yeah. For sure. It's nice when people specifically point out your content, you know, outside of the regular, like, comments and normal feedback. Yeah. All right. We're getting in back into uh, Sony territory here. Yes, we are. Um, getting near the end of our topic list. This is something that we've actually kind of brushed on previously, right? Yeah. Um, so I'll let you take the meat of it, but essentially, sure. Flo has talked about its th- uh, his plans to release a 3.68 hack for the Vita, and before when we talked about it, it was much more like hey, I have no idea when this is going to come out. I have something. It's going to be a while. And I believe it was like, it's going to be a long time. So the date here is July 1st, 2018. This is when his new thing is supposed to come out. The TLDR of this is, uh, this is going to be a way to modify your Vita. So it is going to require a memory card. 
So if you don't have a memory card, you need a memory card, whether it's PlayStation TV or PlayStation Vita. If you're on firmware 3.65 or lower, or really, if you're on firmware 3.65, you can install Hinkaku Enzo, which is the offline cold boot version. Mm-hmm. If you're on anything higher, mainly 3.68, anything higher than 3.65, you can use Hinkaku once this comes out, but you cannot do Enzo. So if you're on 3.65 or lower, stay on that. If you're on 3.68 or anything higher than 3.65, yours is just going to be the same. You're just mm-hmm. going to have you know regular Hinkaku. But this did change several times. It was initially he said, "Yeah, I have this done. You know, I have the exploits and stuff. I'm going to release it end of life." So it was originally end of life, mm-hmm. and then he said, "You know what? I'm going to release it in September of this year." And then he said, "Actually, my girlfriend and I want to travel a bunch of places." So I'm going to release this in July so yeah. we can do that. Which is the most hilarious turn of events, if you ask me. I think that's great. Yeah. 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 And I hope him and his girlfriend have some nice travels. Exactly. Then, you know, I hope there's not a lot of, like, I wouldn't say backlash, but you know what I mean? I hope the community gives him a break, too, after releasing this. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? He's done so much for the community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. No update. The flow is stated that the hack won't require a Vita memory card on a Vita, Slim, or PSTV, and that the entry point is not WebKit. Freakler found the entry point while the flow the flow exploited it okay so that's going to be different so if you have a vita tv or a playstation tv you don't need a memory card but if you do have a vita like an actual playstation vita like a vita 1000 or vita 2000 you still gonna need a memory card for that right on right on yeah well said thank you very much flow we appreciate it yeah can't wait to hear it uh, the flow see the actual final release same here yeah I, I do, uh, just for the record, I would probably cover a video on it, but probably later. It's not going to be, like, soon after because scheduling. Mm-hmm. So just a heads up to anybody. But people know about it, and people are excited about it. Exactly, yeah. No, I'm, I've definitely seen the hype, and I'm excited just to see it come out, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not a Vita user right now, but um, just seeing that timeline change so much is pretty exciting <laughs> in itself. For sure. So... Rounding off the show in Sony Land, still. Sony Land. This is an all Nintendo chat. We mm-hmm. have other content. Yeah. It's just been so much Nintendo news lately. So I'll definitely let you take this one, uh, at least the this, this first part of the topic here. All right, all right. Well, thanks, man. So PlayStation 4 5.05 kernel exploit has been released. So uh, cool thing about this is it's going to be mostly the same as before, except, I mean, now we're seeing some more advancement on things. Uh, it seemed to, well, the whole full stack of it seemed to be dropped by QWERTY. So thank you to QWERTY on that. Uh, the default thing was released by Spectre, and it was, uh, or no, it was Xvortex Hin. So it was, uh, yeah, X-Vortex is hidden, plus Mira. So you have Mira framework mm-hmm. in there. Mira's not being used for all too much yet, as it's still in development, but there's still going to be tools that are coming out and such, so... Well, it's a good, like, not proof of concept, but a good, like, you know, hey, we're building with this. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? A good yeah. example. We're going to see good things from it, and it's really going to help out homebrew developers, which will be nice. Um, the nice thing is there are more consoles that are exploitable now because this is a newer firmware. I think 5.05 was still relevant as of this year so if you haven't updated your ps4 in like three or four months you probably are exploitable on that um if not you can pretty easily find a brand new ps4 on 5.05 or lower in stores um and seems to work out well enough there's also you know some more development of course more payloads coming out on it as well too and uh two of the things that we want to talk about here were uh let me go ahead and show this 
Where is it at? Where is it at? Here we go. So the first thing, of course, this is all offline because it's a old, outdated, unsupported firmware by technical standards there. Uh, so you can't play online at all. However, this has been teased by Dev Shoots. This is about the only thing we have. And it's Hello Online. It says PlayStation 4 Tool Land Test right there. Apparently, this might be coming out. There might be functionality that we're going to be seeing here soon where it's going to be um, some like a tunneling service that you can do. So it's kind of similar to X-Link Kai or Link on the Xbox 360 or Hamachi or anything else. So this would be cool because people would be able to technically play online on their offline jailbroken PS4s with each other. That's about all we have on it. I think that'd be cool to see. Well, um... See someone? Oh, never mind. I can't tell if he's being sarcastic in the comments, so I'll Uh-oh. just leave that out <laughs> until we have further confirmation. Right on, right on. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. I dabbled in X-Link Kai back on the original Xbox days, and I found it pretty fascinating. Um, I think even a uh, friend of the show, MVG, even recently did a video he did. talking about it. He did it. a fantastic video on it. So, and then, do you remember like on the show here, I showed the X-Link Kai website? Yeah. And it was just like the most stuck-in-time thing possible. Yeah. I loved that. It's good to see that their servers or whatever, maybe it's a peer-to-peer network. I'm not even actually sure what's the underlying technology there, but it's good to see that it's still going regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely brings back a lot of memories for me. Uh, this is really cool, though, because, again, some of these, you know, some games may have stuff that are LAN uh, features only, you know, game types or whatnot that people will now be able to, you know, be able to play with their friends uh, or services that are just discontinued. Um, you know, I don't I think the PS4 is still new enough that we're probably not seeing a lot of that yet. I don't think there's been any online games that have been discontinued right. on PS4 yet. But, I mean, for the future, if this is a solution that, uh, you know, lasts, then, you know, once these games are taken down, you'll be able to continue playing them, hopefully. As long as the game has a online, well, it has a LAN capabilities. That's well, sure. Thing. Right, 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 of course. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think it's definitely something good for the scene. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Do you know if Excellent Kai works on PS4 at all? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it could, but I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, so. neither have I. So yeah. we'll see. The other thing with a lot of these systems, too, is uh, systems like Kai and such might not work on there because they'll require uh, a ping patch or they might just have a limitation like on some systems, I know, like the Xbox 360, for example, by default, if your ping goes over 30, it fails out hmm. on LAN. Wow. Yeah. 30 milliseconds to right. be specific. So. Which isn't bad for a you know internet connection, but yeah, but for um, LAN, yeah, I can see yeah. that. So for the original Xbox, it doesn't have that limitation, which is why it can use that tunnel service. That's but right. for Xbox 360 games, you have to have a hard modded system and enable something called ping patch on there to bypass that. So it's an actual modification you have to That's perform on it, but cool. Yeah, no, it's some stuff. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. The next, I think, the very, very last thing we have here is: Do you want to grab it or should? sure? Um, right. You kind of gave me the lowdown on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can you know I can let the people know, and you can you know correct me when I'm wrong. Sure, sure. Um, essentially, though, uh, PlayStation Plus, the online service that PlayStation or Sony offers allows you to get free games what is it is it each month yeah and uh we'll definitely shroud this in free it is quote unquote well, free but you have to pay a, a monthly subscription to right. redeem these games to your account as long as you have the subscription you will be uh presented with these games um also the kicker there being for as long as you have this subscription right so if you cancel your subscription if you don't want to pay for a playstation plus anymore even though these games are still local on your console they are not accessible uh, typically. Yep, until you get back online and renew your subscription. 
right? Uh, which is convenient. It's kind of nice. It makes sense. It's really cool. Sounds like, though, uh, there's been some exploitation that has been discovered uh, that allows you to continue playing those. Exactly. Yes. Um, so the way you described it to me, which was really fascinating, is essentially on your PS4 locally, so you don't have to connect to the internet every time, uh, it has kind of a, uh, a time on the... Uh, on each title, essentially, right? Yeah. That basically says when this expires and when you'll have to, like, renew again or mm. whatever. And they're essentially just roll back, rolling that date back yep. um, quite a while so that you essentially never have to renew it. Exactly. Yeah. So as you can see right here, like they showed the example where remaining time for contrast is 2,169 days. I think as I understand it, it rolls it back to some date in, like, 2013. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's pretty fascinating. It really, I mean, it makes sense. It's something that is pretty simple if you can actually get to it and, you know, think that process through. Uh, and I guess, I don't know if this is something that, like, do you know if you're not able to go online with this at all? Like, once you go online, if you oh, connect no, no, your... no. The only way to get online with this, with a PS4 that's jailbroken, is to update your system, which then removes the jailbreak capabilities. Gotcha. Because we don't have any kernel exploit on that. Um, the notes here, actually, they say the payload would set the internal clock to 2012, 2013, and your PS Plus games would start working. You wouldn't even need to have HIN enabled. I didn't know this. You wouldn't even need to have HIN enabled to use these games since they're legit games and would right. work normally like any digital game. Right. If you're not connected to the internet, you will not need to run this exploit again since the change is permanent. Once but, you've modified that data, the console thinks it's 100% legit exactly. top to bottom. Yep. It might be worthwhile dumping your games to make sure you never lose access to them. Right. So... That all makes sense on there. Right. So this has nothing to do with installing, you know, other PlayStation Plus games. This is really just like reactivating the ones that you've already obtained um, pseudo-legally pseudo at this point. Right? right, right. So you obtain them legally, but are you, you're accessing them. You know, that probably is a gray area. Right, right. But it's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, there's a lot yeah, of... I thought that was awesome. So. Uh, I, I, I could see a lot of things coming out of this, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's just very fascinating. I wonder if we're going to see other things kind of spark out of this or a similar kind of exploits that are found. Yeah, we'll see. But that's definitely a useful payload to have. So awesome on that. <laughs> I always like seeing some kind of hacks like these too that end up also like not rendering your console in like an illegitimate state. Mm -hmm. Like you do this and then it's like the console itself thinks it's totally legit, which I think is just cool in a fundamental level. Yeah. Well, that rounds off our topics. We're done. For this month. We're done. Finishing it off on yeah. a pretty cool note. For sure. So. For sure. So at this point, you want to go to the uh, the user Q&A? Yes. Right Let's on. Let's do it. So this also went on longer than I thought, too. I was thinking that we were just going to yeah. wrap these up within an hour. Me too. <laughs> Either way, though. So what we do here is uh, near the end of the show, if you're part of the live audience, uh, we'll take, you know, 20, 30 minutes to answer some questions you might have. So if you have any questions, drop them down below in the comments. And, uh, you know, don't be shy on that as well either. It's seriously one of those things. If we only see like two questions, we're going to answer those. We're going to be done. So right on. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for the time to sync on that. One thing I do want to say, though, I'd, I'd like to say is on the show. I haven't seen anything, um, I haven't seen anyone mention this, which I'm not trying to be vain on it by any means, but uh, Devin, I am, as of yesterday, I am no longer overweight. Proud of you, man. Someone calls me fat, now they're a fucking liar. <laughs> 
strong language, but sure. Yeah. No, I've been uh, I've been dieting well for the past two months, and I've lost just over 19 pounds right now. And I know some people, like, because I think I've joked about being fat in some videos before, and people are like, oh, you're not fat. It's like, nah, nah, man. I was, I mean, it's not like I was boogie. I never got to the obese level, but I've been overweight, like, all of my adult life. So happy to have that. I'm feeling better. I have a bit more energy, even though I'm a little bit tired right now for other reasons. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fitting into things a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Having to use belts more often as well, too. It can be annoying. <laughs> it can be annoying, but at least I have some kick-ass belts. Yeah. 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 I, no, it's been a cool journey. I've seen you uh, get more and more excited about kind of the journey too, yeah. which well, is always a good man. thing when it's not a, a total pain or a total downer. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Sure. I think you look good, sure. feel good. Thanks, That's all man. that really matters, man. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot less chin mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. yeah. I've downgraded my chin size. I've downgraded my BMI. My less, girlfriend says I take up less space. Yeah. Factually, I do take up less space. So. Less meaty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Less girth. I did notice like, cause I've taken before and after photos several times and I just like the first day I was doing, it, I look really bloated mm-hmm. compared to now. So you might, it might've been taking the first picture on like a bad day where you were extra. I did. <laughs> and then... To be fair, I did take the first picture, um, at the very end of the day, like before I went to bed, which is normally like the worst time to, you know, get your weight and all that stuff, because that's when, you know, you've been eating all day, you've been drinking good stuff, you've been having fun, uh, versus all my other pictures have been in the morning, like after I use the restroom and weigh myself and I haven't had anything to eat or drink. So... Yeah. It's just like the before important. and after photos on the those commercials for the weight loss stuff. Oh yeah, they take the pictures at their worst angle, like in the worst time, and then exactly the after. Exactly, you can't fool me. <laughs> you can't fool me, bruh. Yeah, no, dude, I, I'm proud of you, and I think you look good. And then I'm um, excited to see how that continues. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Do you have any that you've spotted that you want to pick off first? Uh, well, let me see it right here. I'm grabbing these. What are your guys' opinions on Wii modding? It's easy and fine. That's true. Um, I think it's a if you have like a Wii that you're heavling around, or even if you want just a console that can support a decent amount of emulators, and that's a fun tool to or to, fun toy to play around. That's not too complicated. Like at this point, we've got it down. Tutorials are plenty. You know, you're not really risking too much. Um, so I think if you're curious, it, it's more it's it's worth the. If you somehow perma bork your Wii, you can find yeah. another Wii at a um, yeah. at a garage sale, at a game shop, at a thrift shop, uh, on the side of the road maybe for like I twenty bucks or less. I saw I saw one in an antique store, which was kind of depressing. It was twenty five dollars. In was, an antique store? Why would it be in an antique store? No, it was really dusty. It's not an antique. It was really dusty. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me. A lot of Wii's got dusted over. My mm. uh, my very first manager I had half jokingly said that it came, he liked the Wii because right out of the box it came with the best game on the entire system, which was Wii Sports. And his logic was once you have Wii Sports, you don't need any other game. Yep. But a lot of people, after they had their fun with Wii Sports and Wii Fit and a few other titles, it kind of collected dust. But I like Wii modding. I haven't delved, I haven't delved into it in so long. But it's extremely easy to do. It is not the most powerful system out there, but it is a damn fun system to work around with. If uh, you haven't modded anything else, it is a awesome canvas for baby's first mod. Yep, a really good way to get introduced to a lot of stuff, and it still has you know, you can still get into some concepts that carry over some more complicated things. It's not like 
it's not quite iOS jailbreak, you know, baby modding where you're just like plugging something in and hitting one button. Right. You know, you still have some steps. You're still going to get like uh, a really good example of what that kind of feels like and uh, whatnot. And there's tons of emulators. The virtual console stuff was busted wide open so you can repack your own games in the yep. virtual console. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff to do. So yeah, if you're curious, I think that's a prime candidate. Might actually be one of the best candidates for mm-hmm. modding a console now as far as like it's, cost It's cheap, goes. it's plentiful, it's easy to do, and the reward is amazing you can get from that if yeah. you're willing to put in that little bit of risk and you might find some like Wii titles that you didn't you know play before that are actually hidden gems because mm-hmm. the Wii did have a bunch and they just didn't get enough attention mm-hmm. that's true yeah you want to go ahead and add one let's see i'm looking to see let's scroll there was a down. lot of spam on here that i had to remove but yeah, one one thing I'll just nab real quick while you're looking for things is uh, the diet I used is keto, otherwise known as the ketogenic diet. Um, and then what Exit was asking here was, am I going to end it or just keep doing it? I'm going to keep doing it because I still haven't hit my goal weight. Um, and then once I hit it, I kind of thought of this today, I'm going to wait to hit my goal weight and then still try and lose more after that. And then once I get down to a low enough weight where I'm still happy, uh, I'm going to start a maintenance plan where I'm going to start mm-hmm. integrating carbs a little more and... So I'll gain probably a few pounds here and there. But my my main thing is I want to get to my goal weight and then go under that. So yeah. if I do end up gaining a few pounds, I'll still be happy and healthy and yeah. fit. <laughs> and we actually talked about this a bit earlier. Um, so I'm obviously not trying to lose weight. I'm a pretty skinny guy by yeah. nature. Um, you know, I definitely have never even had to try to lose weight. It's just this is how my body has been since birth. Uh, but well, you're like a twig, right? I mean, yeah. just no out, offense on that. Out of the womb, either. like they were concerned, <laughs> like literally. I'm not even joking, um, but I was fine, healthy, and that's just the way my body is. But um, I eat a mostly paleo diet, which crosses over into keto diets very, yeah. very easily and often. But uh, I actually actively, and actually, I'm going to be working on staying out of ketosis more because I don't want my body to go into ketosis. Partially because I don't eat a rigid enough diet. If I I can easily slip into it and not intend to, and then like the process of going in and out of ketosis is not always pleasant. Mm-hmm. Like it's the keto flu is a concept that exists and it's definitely real. Um, doesn't affects everyone differently and may not affect you virtually at all, but um, it's real. And so I'm actually trying to eat more carbs because I like this diet. I, I like many things about it, but I actually need to eat more carbs to stay out of that. Right. Because um, essentially if I get into ketosis, my body's just going to start burning fat and I don't have a whole lot to spare. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And see, I'm oh. still like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a- as thick as I was a month or even two months ago, but I still got more fat to burn. So. Sure. Trying to get on this level, man? Not quite that level, but I mean. Hey. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't strive for this. This just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a question here from Holly Gerding. I have a question. Yeah, I'll leave that one to you. Yeah, is code political? And I think the answer is maybe. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, that's all you. Know, you. Like there are certain, you know, uh, f- part of it is I think like a, a private company releasing software and whatnot um, is often not right. Uh, I, I think people should be able to do what they want with the software that they develop. They should have complete control, right? Uh, there are other things. One thing that I think of is like uh, Linux or these open source operating systems that are kind of governed by many people and by that are that are used by many people in less of a way that's just a game or a tool. 
and it's hard for me to actually like really draw those dividing lines but i can see how like some of that stuff can get political and your definition of political can actually range too right like Mm -hmm. um kind of what i think of it is like sometimes people are like developers are like we expect you to do this because we're your users or whatever and they're just like well no or i want to do it like this or whatever you know and people get mad it's like they can do whatever they want they develop that it's fine you're using like linux or something like that that can impact a lot of people a lot of governments a lot of things you know far outside of just users that are just having fun or whatever mm-hmm. um there's all kinds of different situations too where that can affect a lot of people i mean even look at like cryptocurrency that's code and that can get very political because that is like everyone's sharing this a lot of people are contributing to it It affects a lot of people Um, so it's hard for me to actually verbally draw those lines but sometimes uh, i don't think most developers creating private products owe anything to anyone but yeah yeah i don't know does that make sense not so much to me i mean i i was getting parts of it a lot of stuff with code code kind of goes over my head so yeah you just checked out as soon as there was the word code. Kind of, yeah, that too. <laughs> we even like, is co-political? I'm like, are they talking about like, like, like politics, like presidential politics? What's going on? So that's why I was just like, that's all you, baby. <laughs> I'll okay. code when I need to. But yeah, I do want to, I, I want to nab this one. So this is not at all tech related, which is, which is fine. Because um, that's not what this needs to be, of course. I mean, we talked about dieting and everything, but have you seen the news about XXX Tentacion? Yeah. Have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, this didn't like... Uh, I'll definitely say I was a fan of his music. I enjoyed it. It's not like I listened to it every single day. It's not like I had it in constant rotation. Um, he was definitely a scumbag in many aspects of life. He's definitely done some horrendous shit that's been confirmed. He was alleged of doing a bunch of other heinous shit. But at the same time, uh, he was actively trying to improve himself really the past year, trying to push out more positivity. Um I think the biggest thing that really hurts with that loss is there were, because he was 20 years old. Um, in case you don't know, he's a rapper, um, quite well known. He he had a bunch of different genres all over the place. I don't think it'd be too fair to call him straight up a SoundCloud rapper. Um, but when it comes down to it all, he engaged in a lot of different audiences. But his really core demographic seemed to be a lot of young to you know like really just teenagers who are specifically going through you know their angsty phases they're having issues in life they don't know how to they're not equipped to handle you know the hand that's been dealt to them sometimes and x was very good at conveying that emotion just whatever emotion he was feeling he was able to just convey it raw in his music maybe his music wasn't the best but he was always able to emote properly like, I remember, like, I can't, so, my other thing is, too, I'm in my mid-20s, so maybe I can't relate to that as much, um, but I remember being young, like, 14, 15, sometimes just mad at the world, and, like, young brats is exactly what you're feeling, and I'm one of those people, I believe, like, music is very therapeutic, and hearing what you're feeling when you can't put that into words is incredibly important and therapeutic. Like, something, some type of really angry metal-type song yeah, it's not going to be, you know, colors, sunshine, and rainbows and all that stuff. 
Um, but sometimes that's just you, you. You just want to hear some type of words. You you want to put something to what you're feeling on the inside. Um, and because of that he was a voice to a lot of people who, unfortunately, a lot of people feel felt like they lost that voice um, at that vulnerable state when you know you're 14, 15, 16, 17. Of course, there's old heads that listen to him as well too. There's people who are younger that listen to him. Um, and then again, at the end of the day, this is a 20 year old who got killed. Um, the worst thing is too. The story was he was going out to get a motorcycle and he ended up getting shot and robbed and it seems like the people who shot him maybe they knew who he was but allegedly the story right now is it was just a random robbery yep yeah i I definitely (laughs) i definitely feel for anybody who's mourning his death by any means um i know there's a lot of people who've also said yeah he's a scumbag screw him um unless he was a he was a controversial figure for sure and i think there's only a few figures in history i can really think of who everyone unanimously says yeah this person's a scumbag he can't be mourned but i think someone like this especially as well too it, it, it's respectful to wait a little bit you might not have liked him but there's a lot of people that are hurting and even i myself in my friend circle i had like i had one of my friends who was contacting me like he cried over the news I think you drilled it home. I don't have a whole lot more to comment on that. But <laughs> those same. are my thoughts on it. I might have gotten a little like maybe I got a little emotional there. I don't know, but those those are my thoughts on all. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, X. Yeah, no one deserves to get gunned down like that. Mm-hmm. So agreed. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you're wanting to grab? I'm looking at uh, other questions here. Uh, not in particular. I browse and I haven't seen a lot of anything. If you were a buyer, would you buy a PSP custom firmware or Raspberry Pi Zero Retro Pi with Game Boy case pseudo mod? Probably PSP. Probably I mean, PSP for me. I mean, <laughs> we're also so biased, but I mean, yeah. no comparison on that one for me. Um, I think, I don't know, even just how prevalent Raspberry Pis are and how easy that is, it's the value of that to me just goes down i like the effort and everything around the psp you know the raspberry pi doesn't really seem like you're not really hacking anything right it's like designed for that exactly so yeah that's where the appeal is for me yeah uh james was asking will you ever switch to obs instead of google hangouts to fix the audio compression great mics but hangouts are holding them back uh so uh, i'll say this like i i need to mess with obs more i'm not up on my streaming game at all the problem is when I was doing OBS here, at least for, you know, some desktop capture and stuff, uh, on this laptop, it was just straight up black screen. I know that can be fixable somehow. I just need to put the time and effort into figuring that out. But it seems like everything seems to work pretty well through Hangouts. I've been happy with it. Uh, as for the audio, it's not going to be the best on the video, unfortunately. However, good news is I have been, this is the first episode, amazingly enough, uh, but the first episode where I've been recording the audio separately. So if you do listen to the audio-only version of the podcast, uh, even though it's still going to be compressed down to 120 kilobytes per second uh, bitrate, it should sound crisper at the same time. Yeah, which is convenient. Yes. That you did that. This is the first time you've done that, right? Yeah, I've done it on a few others, but this is the first time where I was like, you know, because it's like recording our audio is going to take up like this much CPU usage. Right. (laughs) Oh, well. Let's see. Adam asks, do you guys talk about politics? No. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, I've seen a few um, political things on here. I mean, with the code being political and then also some other things. Um, I think if you're talking about like current event news topics, though. Yeah, no, no, no. And and I, I think it would just be best to kind of stay out of that. I want to be even though this last portion of the podcast is off topic compared to like the actual meat of the podcast. Um, I think it would just be better for everyone to stay out of that. Agreed. I do not want to take sides with anything this is about modding and video games and uh having a good time Mm -hmm. not about discussing politics which generally does not have to do with anything unless it's negative (laughs) even when video games comes around yeah so for sure Cloudy Techie says, have you used a Raspberry Pi to block trackers and ads? Um, I'm not sure if you kind of mean like in terms of like intercepting your router or something. Uh, or um, something like Pi-hole, if you've Pi-hole. heard of that. I think I have actually, now that you mentioned it, but I haven't ever messed with it. I know I've heard of it, but... I tried to mess with it, and I remember I was putting it on a network, and it just didn't work properly, and I tried for probably 20, 30 minutes. I was like, you know what? I don't feel like debugging this any further. Here, yeah. you you get ad block, whatever it is. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, no. Apparently, that's all good. And also, uh, oh, someone was saying for the politics, <laughs> keep that shit out of my modding. We, we can honor that. Well, so. I just think there there's so many. Uh, now, I do believe everyone should pay attention to politics. You definitely should do that, and you know, realize what sides and such you you're going to align with, and really what's best for you. Um, but when it comes to an argument, I mean, no one's going to be happy with that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm honestly one of the people too who like I fall in line with like I have my opinions and in the right circumstances I'll express my opinions but like I am not the kind of person to go out and like you know lay that into people. I'm like oh, right. I have my opinions, I formulate these. If you want to know about it, I'm glad to share, but I do not want to just discuss politics. That's not like what motivates me that's not what gets me out of bed that's not what i want to spend my time doing Mm -hmm. and it's not even just with that it's more even with like many topics i feel like my opinion is more because i try and you know come at arguments and if it ever gets to that like at a rational level um i try to keep motion out of it i'm just like yeah there's this there's this and this is how i feel about it if you disagree whatever it is um but if you want to air out your viewpoints cool maybe you'll learn something from me maybe i'll learn something from you but that's not just politics either i try and keep that with everything sure fair yeah yeah, questions are kind of slowing down. Should we take one more here? I'd be down. You want to grab it? Sure, but it's for you. <laughs> Will you be making a tutorial on the new PS3 jailbreak? All right, so this thing, I'm not annoyed at the person asking this. I'm just annoyed at the situation here. So he's talking about PS3 exploit V3, um, which is commendable. It's We've covered it before, but it's now a way where you can you know run HAN. That's what it is. Um, on, like, run homebrew, install games and all that on a PS3 that couldn't that can't handle custom firmware i actually made the effort so first of all i don't like the ps3 that much so this was a big effort for me Devin. but i went and i looked and i found a decent deal on a ps3 super slim and i purchased it and the person ended up sending it and the tracking number never updated and i waited like two or three weeks and i messaged the guy this is on ebay but i messaged the guy i'm like hey uh i'm still waiting here haven't got it has this thing sent out and he immediately like within two minutes he immediately messaged me and said it's sent out and i reply back i'm like uh well i beg to differ because i'm looking at the tracking number that you provided and it looks like it was never accepted by anybody 
and I didn't get any response. And then I had to, I waited like another couple weeks. I was nice. And then I opened up a chargeback and I had to get that back. But that was kind of a thought to me of maybe I, maybe the universe doesn't want me to have a PS3 super slim right now. Because I wasn't too crazy about it. It took me months to be all like, okay, fine. Like, I was dragging my feet. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll buy one. I'll buy one. I'll make this tutorial. The one time I buy one, Devin, scam. I think that's the universe telling you something. Yep. So, whenever I feel motivated again <laughs> to go out and buy a PS3 Super Slim or a non-custom firmware compatible sl- uh, system of some kind, the tutorial will eventually happen. Until I feel that motivation, I'm not going to do it. I'm happy doing my other content I'm doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely respect you. I think it's something that is can be very healthy for the right people, not totally jumping on every single release, every single bandwagon. Don't stress yourself on trying to get every single jailbreak video. I don't know if that's something you did in the past or that you ever experienced. I mean, I used to always do that, but now even so, like as you've seen, I don't cover things as soon as they come out all the time. Sometimes I will, but a lot of times I'm just like, I feel like doing this thing right here. Yep. Yeah. I will say kind of a comment here was I've thought of this a few times, but I remember like years and years and years ago, I made a video where like this when the modding scene for the 360 was really slowing down. And I'd send that video something along the lines of, you know, I'm still modding consoles, but I doubt anybody just wants to see me mod console. They want to see a tutorial. I was so wrong with that because it seems like some of my best performing, most engaging, highest watched videos, like view time watching, as well as just general views, have been the videos where I just sit there and talk through modding a console. It's not really an overview. It's not really a demonstration. It's not a tutorial. It's just me talking and telling stories and whatever it is while modding consoles. And those videos have done so well. They're very fun to make. And there's interest in these older systems. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak for myself saying that like there's a lot of stuff that I just can't keep up with these days or don't have the consoles for. So it is, it can be nice to just experience that through someone else's eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who are nostalgic with it and some people just want to learn and it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's a fun time. So that's personally what I'm having fun doing. Yep, absolutely. Slowly. Anyways, I think we're ready to rock here. I think so, man. Yeah. So everyone, thank you so much for coming out here. It's been absolutely appreciated. Uh, you know, our next mod chat will be in about a month. We'll see what the topics have then. Uh, until then, Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter mainly at Paranoid Coder. Um, I've got my own YouTube channel, so I'm still uploading videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, had a rocky last month with yeah, some technical I failures. Ask, I, I severely lacked a Paranoid Coder May video. What happened? Yeah, so <laughs> basically um, I had a lot of personal stuff going on in my life too. Um, I'm ar- I've already like, you know, I have a routine of doing it near the end of the month. And so I was kind of following that. Um, probably should have been more prepared, and I had a lot of like really personal things that were preventing a lot of stuff happening. Right. And then I recorded 30 minutes of video that my phone corrupted, um, and it took me like two days to figure out that the source file was corrupted, especially because like things like VLC would render it properly, but mm-hmm. other things would not. Um, and I was using several... I had that same shit happen to me with some game capture footage for an yeah. upcoming video, coming at the end of the month, by the way. So, you know, I... I it could have been a fluke. It could have been a one-time thing, but I kind of took that opportunity to get things a little more uh, stagnant, stable, experimenting with some other video capture, too, just to have a nice backup. So um, I got a, my makeup video for that released recently, um, and probably tomorrow, depending on my schedule, I'm going to be recording another video for uh, my second video for this month. Right so, on. 
Right on. So uh, unfortunately, we you broke the the one video month streak, but there should still be a month, well, a video for each month representative. At least twelve year. videos by the end of right twenty eighteen. So right on. I respect that. Yeah. So yeah, we've had long discussions about this all too. Mm-hmm. But, it was uh, a bummer. I was. It was. I was very, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. It was all. It all. I mean, it was. It was a rough time, and there was a lot of stuff going on, and then the video was messing up, and I was just. It was. It was a pain. Yo, it's irritating when your shit doesn't work properly. Yeah. Like if someone else's stuff breaks, it's like okay, I'll have some fun fixing that. If my stuff breaks, I'm not happy. Well, and you know, obviously it's the you know ideal world, but it's great when it breaks when I have like time to deal with it. That's true. But like when I'm already on a time crunch and like you know once your video is corrupted, it's like. I record my videos in like one 25 minute segment and I cut it up. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that, that video gets corrupted. We're, we're, uh, we're completely out of luck here. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, it was, it was a pain. Pain. The pain. It is what it is. So find me on YouTube. Find me on Twitter. What about you? Uh, you can find me on all the other regular places as well, too. All of our links for everything will be down below in the description if you're checking this out on YouTube. Uh, so, of course, I'm Mr. Mario 2011 on YouTube. Find me on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a pretty nice Discord server as well, too. So, Killa, I don't neglect that thing. Anyways, uh, we have fun in the Discord server whenever we can, so check us out on that as well. Uh, as for Mod Chat itself, it is, of course, hosted here on YouTube. The audio version, if you just want that to actually listen to this as a podcast, um, it is available on Podbean, which also filters into Google Play Music, iTunes, and pretty much any of your favorite podcast apps that you have. Aside from that, I think we're ready to rock out of everything else there, so... Yeah, I think Let's so. get out of here. I'm a little bit tired. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, everyone have a great day, night, wherever you're from. Thanks for coming out. And uh, until next month's episode, see you guys. See ya.